All right. Can everybody hear me? Am I coming in clear? But I'm not. All righty then. That's better. Um, well, welcome everyone to this space. I hope you can hear me. Um, before I start, I, I thought I would ask um, the people who are listening to kind of give me kind of a short, brief, you know, what have you learned? Just in a summary, like I've learned I can't trust people or I've learned what disinformation is or I'm still learning. I just want to hear from you quickly before I speak to you from, uh, you know, looking back um, onto the event, what we have learned. Go ahead, Thomas. Thomas, you have the floor. Okay, Daniel, go ahead. Okay, um, if you want to be speaker, you should speak. If you can't speak, then we'll move you down and bring someone else. Okay, go ahead, Roseanne. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, I have learned that um, you just have to keep an open mind because it, everything that, what it seems may not be what it seems. Um, you've taught us to trust our gut and just to uh, be aware be aware of our surroundings so i i never take anything dead serious anymore i just try to kind of see how things so in other words you let things simmer for a little bit before you respond to them yep that's what i've learned that's that's all that's fantastic advice but thank you okay You're next up um michelle well, um, what did you learn in in just a short phrase like you know what you believe the biggest lesson was post-election fraud you know that okay. no one wants to talk about right now we're all talking about impeaching biden but what have you learned well the most shocking thing that i've learned is um not that they'll demonize you for saying and calling out election fraud not that i, I, I thought it was but i've learned that there are so many people that start foundations and take your money and pretend to do things. And I never really knew people were that evil. So that's probably the most shocking thing is the, the foundations that pretend to help and they're not. That, that is actually fantastic. I'm glad you mentioned it. The pop-up of 501c3s and NGOs that just came out of nowhere, alleging to help, but uh, for some whatever reason, we're stymied. Great point. Thank you for that. Uh, just Jason? Yeah, the, sh the, the big shock to me that I discovered is that there are every single organization that starts out good, there is immediately infiltrators that to me now seem obvious. I didn't see it at all before. They try to hijack every single, uh, you know, every group, every Twitter spaces I've been in where we're trying to make movements towards either legal action or whatever there's someone that comes in to disrupt and it's so obvious to me now i never saw it before it's shocking that's a very great point jason thank you thank you for that linda good morning tori thank you for doing this um mine has been the psyops and the as you told us, watch all the people that are going to be pulling their pants down. And, oh, my gosh, has it been enormous. Our county, the, the Republicans are getting rid of the machines, but the Democrats are not. Thought you just might want to know that. That's interesting. Thank you, Linda. What else have you guys learned? SH, go ahead. SH? 
Okay. Uh, next speaker. I love my something. I love my. Okay. I guess you're up next, Robert. Hi, Tori. Always Thanks. good to hear you. Thanks. So what I've learned is none of them are on our sides. The ones you like the most are the ones that are most against you. Interesting observation. Um, interesting observation. Thank you for that. Um, Gator, go ahead. Hey, Tori. Hey, Tori says family. Hey. Um, I've, I've been shocked by the censorship from the right um, and then finding out their connection to Mossad. Excellent. Excellent point. Excellent point, Gator. Joe. Joe, you requested to speak. Go ahead. Eh, I guess Joe's not speaking. Um, I love my, you're back again. Oh, you're off again. Let's see. Who haven't we heard from? We haven't heard from Dan Hulam. Dan Hulam, tell us, what have you discovered or figured out, you know, post-election fraud? What have you learned? Something that shocked you, something sustenant. Go ahead, Dan. Dan? Just wait. Okay. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay. Um, how bad it is at the local level? Like I'm in Creston, British Columbia, and our elected officials said, even if we have a referendum against the climate change action policy that they want to implement, they're going to go ahead with it anyways. Even if we're, the referendum says we don't want it, they're blatantly saying we're going to do it anyways. So how bad it is, like right down to the local level, um, and I thank you for everything that you're teaching us. All right. Thank you, Dan. And yes, the local level. So basically, you really have no voice down to the core of it, in other words. That's what you found out. This has been a great lesson for all of us, I think. Thank you, Dan. Um, Tennessee writer was next. Go ahead, Tennessee. Yes, Lori. Uh, one of the things we learned down here in Florida is that uh, some of our uh, election supervisors our former cryptographers. That's an excellent, see, we're learning a lot of things post-election. Sometimes we have to go through some things to see it. Uh, a bad relationship, right? Taking a roller coaster yeah. ride and realizing, hey, I should have put my seatbelt on or should have followed the rules, right? We find exactly. out after the fact. And I think, you know, today being the point for myself and, and, and people that I work with, um, having come across a, a plan uh, of this federal coup was today in 2020, three years ago. So three years ago, we had evidence that they were organizing this. We had evidence of them talking about it. We had evidence of documentation that they were distributing. We had evidence that the unions were actually, you know, charging people within the postal union to do things to assist in manufacturing the tangible evidence. In, in retrospect, I'm hearing a lot of different things that people have learned. Like, if you could say, well, I learned this, and that was main for me. That's, that's what I wanted to hear before, you know, we revisit this quickly. Um, Z, go, thank you for that, Tennessee writer. Z, go ahead. I just wanted to say uh, thank you to you all. What I've learned mostly is to trust in you all. And you guys give a lot of hope to so many people. And it's just thank you. That's all I can say. Trust and hope is what you give. And it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Z. So trusting in the people around you and your fellow citizens has a lot more impact, in other words, than trusting in the institutions that are supposed to be serving us. Fantastic point. Um, let's get some 
other points in here. Sorry, guys, I'm cycling people out so people can um, get in one by one. Um, Jason, go ahead. Jason? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, the, the courts yeah. are not against are, are not with us either. Uh, they are against us at the state level. They're against us at the at the federal level as well. That was the biggest shock for me. So the ju judicial branch has failed entirely us. across the board at every level. Okay, excellent point. Thank you, Jason. Tango Bravo. I I think the thing that's the shocking the most shocking to me is that when we discover things and we share things with our family and with like coworkers and stuff, and we've gone from being the conspiracy theory or the crazy person. But the, the funny thing is when we do find things and we do have evidence and you do provide it to these people, see here, it's right here in your face. It's right there. It's all true. They don't, they don't care. They, I don't know if they're so inundated with like PTSD of every 15 seconds having this hit them and this hit them and this hit them, but like aliens. Oh, we found out that they have aliens. Even when you provide proof, I think they're so numb to everything in this world. They simply don't care. And it kind of makes me, you know, where I, I've never been a really big people person anyway, but now where not only do they think you're crazy, but when you do provide proof to them, you find out that, these people, and I don't, I hate to say sheeple or they're asleep or whatever, but they simply do not care. And it's extremely frustrating. It makes you kind of a little pissy at people. Well, you know, I was pissy before, I was salty before, but it, it, it really is that, you know, you're trying to scream at the top of your lungs that this is unsafe, this we're in danger, we need to, you know, our, our country's at, and they simply don't care. It, it's, it's, it's maddening sometimes. Excellent point, Tango Bravo, that facts no longer have a stage, but feelings do. Um, and, and that's actually one of the biggest lessons uh, as Americans and as a people globally um, we can learn. Um, and next up is uh, Linda, oh, no, Watching the Watchers. Watching the Watchers is next. Go ahead. Hi, Tori, and I thank you for giving me this time to speak on your space. Um, well, I would say thank you enormously for just removing the veil to how rigged and corrupt the entire election process is. I mean, from not only from the federal level, clear down to the local level, and even our own neighbors. I mean, these people, especially within my state of Illinois, we saw how corrupt to even get on the ticket was, which is just mind-blowing. But, yes, thank you again, and everyone keep pushing forward. Um, I recently got our local school board to admit who is censoring me on their Facebook pages for our local school district. And now no one can even comment on their pages, if that tells you anything. But thank you again, Tori. Thank you for that. So now not only have we learned that there's a big failure within our systems, but that our systems will go to great lengths and unapologetically and completely brazenly uh, disallow us from even speaking up, which is the... I think that falls under the First Amendment, being able to redress our grievances. But, you know, they want to change the Constitution, so whatever. Thank you for that comment. Uh, Linda, you were next. Well, good morning. I have learned, how do I say this, how many federal assets there are embedded down into the lowest parts of what I would have never guessed, meaning um, 
the fact that I'm just trying to fight for my country, you know, amongst all of us, right? And I've somehow managed to bump into, personally, um, three different people who are are associated with the federal government um, to mess things up for all of us. And it's been very surprising to me. Um, the people that I know personally um, who are supposed to be working alongside of us have turned out to, um, you know, be part of the deep state and, and right there alongside of us, moms and um, that you just think are average people working alongside you. And then you, you find out they're there trying to mess things up. And it's been very shocking for me. Um that's probably the biggest thing I've learned is just how many there are and how do you, yeah, I have yet to learn how to figure it out. So, um, so yeah, that's what I've learned. Mm. So you've learned that a lot of people have sided with the federal government. The actual war that's happening is a civil war between the government that is selected and the people of the United States. And remember we're 385 million they're only about a thousand and we're not speaking of the foot soldiers we're talking at the core uh which makes it even more interesting um the dark lord is next go ahead thank you for that linda hey good morning tori thanks for hosting this space i would say just in the last couple of years a couple of things that really stood out to me was the importance of organization and meeting your local people your community and having conversations with them, looking at our local charters, digging into what we can make a difference at, at a local level. Fantastic point. So starting at the bottom, right, and working our way up. Um, that's a lesson that most of us have learned, that self-governance isn't just existing and, you know, getting a job and sitting in a cubicle and having 2.5 kids in a white picket fence. It actually takes effort. So thank you for that. Thank you. And um, Regina, what oh. have you learned? What's that one thing that really tickled your fancy that you learned? Well, I don't know about if it tickled my fancy, but I just want to tell you thank you so much. Um, but what I have, I have, I was not a religious person before. What I have learned and I'm doing, I, I, I follow God now. And what I've learned is how much Satanism is in our government and around us and you know that's that's all and just thank you to everyone um you know i don't try to push any religion off on anyone but there is a god i have learned that thank you regina so, knowing so god you. Is, yeah knowing god and reciting his words are completely different so thank you for that i appreciate you uh yankee you're up next Hi, can you hear me? Yes, great. Um, Tori, it's really great to speak with you finally. And um, my, I think one of the biggest things I learned is how intertwined everything really is and connected. Um, it, it can almost get daunting, but um, for an ex example, um, I believe Obama's mother was connected somehow to the Strzok family and... Um, it's just how it's 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 been really thought about for years and years and years this plan this isn't something new 
Or, you know, our prison guards are always in the same family. Yes. And this um, Peter Strzok connection is the fact that Obama's mother worked with Peter Strzok's dad. Um, she was CIA. Um, we all know this. And, and, and yes, it is extremely overwhelming when you realize that the prison that has been created is run by the same people. Thank you for that. Thank Yankee. you. Chef Matt. Uh, good morning, Tori. Good morning, everybody. Uh, just to keep it simple, um, for me and especially like for my parents, you know, who are older, it's that this election fraud has been happening forever. You know, I, I think that's a, another important part that's come out of this as well. So I just wanted to say that. And I love you all very much. Thank you for that. That's a great point. Thank you, Chef Matt. Uh, Blagical, go on. Um, hey, everyone. Have a blessed day. Um, so I'm obviously not from the States, but the most shocking thing to me, like, you know, uh, U.S. has always been projecting the perfect form of democracy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they bring democracy all around the world and all that sort of stuff. So for many, many years, we've known that elections in my country are totally fixed and corrupt and the whole country is corrupt, everything down from the, from the janitors all the way up, everything is corrupt. The most shocking thing for me during the last two years is after actually living the fraud and the extortion of the people for five years in my country, I was actually able to witness and compare things that had previously happened in my country and I was able to recognize exactly what was happening in the States. One thing I want to say to everybody, demoralization is real. It's totally decapitating, not just emotionally, but physically in every way possible. Do not, you must not allow that to take because in my country, it's, it's literally impossible to fight back. Every person you speak to, they're like, well, what can we do? You know, they have all the power, they have all the money, they have support from the US, they have support from Brussels. We can't do anything, just lay back and die sort of thing. So my message to everybody, do not allow the constant messaging of propaganda to demoralize you because if that happens, fighting back, it's going to be extremely difficult. Thank you for that, Black Gold. That, that is actually one of the key things that, that I want to discuss today, which is not just the demoralization, but people actually, what you said, well, what can I do? I'll just make the best of what I can, which means that they're looking after themselves for the now, but the people of tomorrow will hate them. So thank you very much for that, Black Gold. And um, Kim, you're up next. Biggest thing for me would be um, party affiliation means fucking nothing anymore. Um, you think somebody's has your base morals or your base whatever, and they literally use it against you. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Or their benefit. I agree. I agree. I agree. Thank you for that, Kim. Thank you. Um, Grizzly, you're up next. Thanks for letting me speak. What I what I've come to and what I've learned is 
don't discredit a single thing you hear from anybody. Excuse me. Do your due diligence wow. and do some research. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when it said fake news, he meant fake news. Do some research. Do your research. Yes. And I'm going to tell you right now, do not discredit anything. I'm going to tell you, this is where I feel. And my, my heart's for the children. You know, and I'm from a place where I've gave, I got on my hands and knees and I asked for forgiveness. And I, I reached out to a, a group called Narcotics Anonymous. We're one addict helping another. It was without parallel. The people that come in and share their story about the children, we need to not let the deaf ears go down. We need to listen. We need to accept, and we need to investigate. Because I'm telling you, the child stuff here in this country is out of this world, and voter fraud is part of the child trafficking. Without It, it all intertwines with each other. Just do your due diligence, and, and please listen to other people who reach out. They have a voice, too. Thank you, Grizzly. So message over messenger, that's something that people keep saying it, but they never really adhere to it. And we've seen a lot of that. Actually, that's something that I wanted to bring up with examples um, today during the discussion, because I think it's really important that we understand the damage that things like that ha do. Now, for those of you, after you speak, if I drop you, I do it in order to let other people come on because I wanted to hear the people first. So I apologize. Grizzly, great point listening objectively investigating the claims not the person right is key so thank you for that i appreciate you um next one up is yo mama go ahead hey girlfriend hey. i was really surprised to learn how the cartels paid off the local um government on like how they paid them in mortgages katie hobbs has like 11 mortgages and all the um local government people were paid off in mortgages that's what yeah your mama see this pings back to attacking the messenger as opposed to the message right that, in regards to arizona because you know this is a well-known strategy used by uh, agents of foreign intelligence agencies that would include mi6 and Mossad on how they funnel money back to people and the fact that a specific reporter targeted uh, someone that exposed this uh, gave more light to who's really funding and pulling strings in the background. So I appreciate you for that comment. Yeah. Thank you. Well, what happened was I had a house next to me and they vacated it after I lived. I, I was outside all the time and watching it. And I knew it was a drug house next to me in Phoenix. It was a cartel house owned. And they vacated it because I was outside all the time. And so that happens all the time in Phoenix. And there's houses all over that they vacate because people are outside. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So we learned post-election fraud that we attack the messengers on all matters that come through and not focus on the claims that are actually meritful. Right, right. Okay. Fantastic yeah. point. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Mish Liberty, you're up next. Hi, Tori. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Um, the biggest aha for me has been being able to read the room because everybody I've talked to is in a different place of understanding or knowledge of what's happening with the election fraud. Um, we moved from Southern California to Cochise County, Arizona, small town now. And people in Arizona, for the most part, 
admit that the elections are rigged. They know it and they are willing to do something about it. In Southern California, people, we would mention that elections are rigged and they would look at you like you have no idea what you're talking about. So we've been able to um, change how we speak to people and ask some questions first before we throw that out and then take them from where they are and give them information that's appropriate. So that's been really awakening for me. So basically we meet people where they're at and in their understanding to be able to start actual discourse that's fruitful and meritful and effective. Noted. That's something we've all learned. Thank you for that, Mish Liberty. I appreciate you. Uh, B, you're up next. Hey, thanks, Tori. Uh, I think the thing that has come across to me is just the connectedness of it all from COVID to the elections and how it's all related, but also how the government's using the third party uh, supposed bipartisan uh, entities that are funded by the billionaires to uh, basically carry out their objectives since they can't do it federally, even though they're moving towards that. And then my second thing would be just how they're more concerned about controlling the misinformation than they actually are in securing the elections. We got a narrative war going. Thank you. Which Thank is pretty cool. I asked about me. Hello. I can't hear anybody. Oh, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. What? Um, first time I ever speak ever on anything. So um, what I've learned is we have a, a, a war for information. It's like I, I follow a lot of different people, even though, you know, I know. Am I coming through? Clear? Hello. I'm sorry. I can't hear any of you speaking. But anyway, um, if you can hear me, it, it's we're being mind-fucked by lots of different people. There's different influencers out there saying, oh, everything's under control, don't do anything. And then some saying, no, do something. And then it, it's kind of getting crazy right now. I pray a lot that God give me the discernment to... to to sift through this muck we're in. Your connection's pretty bad, Myra. I'm so sorry. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say, uh, I follow you too. I've been following you since before the election. Your connection's pretty bad. Okay. Well, just drop me then. All right. Pretty Patriot, you're up next. Good morning. Um, you know, I've learned a lot in this adventure that we're all on um, one, the court systems are um, absolutely corrupt, but everybody's all said that, but I think it's, it's important um, to, to note. And one thing that I have actually really realized that it, it's, it's so easy to believe that the, the lie that our lives are, are insignificant or that we're too small to have any true impact. But um, never underestimate how crucial your part is in any assignment of God's. And, and as long as you're doing your assignment, we're, we're going to end up winning. And, um, and nobody's too small and there's no assignment too small um, that, that won't make an impact. And that, that's what I've learned. Excellent point. Thank you, Pretty Patriot. I appreciate you. Feisty Q-Girl. Good morning, Tor. How are you? Um, 
thank you for the platform to speak. I think I one of the things that rocked me the most um, is finding out just how every law, every statute, every act is actually written against us and for the government. Uh, and especially in our campaign laws, you know, 90% of our campaign laws are written to protect campaign donations, not the people's vote. No. So, uh, you know, I, I used to many, many years ago work for the prosecuting attorney's office in my county, and I didn't realize how warped our laws are and, and until, until we started this venture. And... You know, thank you so much for opening my eyes to that. I appreciate you. And, and that's a very solid point that things are, have been created in our name to not protect us or our interests, but those of the people that are putting them together. And I just, and I'll just point out the, the really weird, you know, um, you know, law that was passed throughout states randomly to legalize um, human remains as fertilizer. For me, that was one of the most astonishing pieces of law that was passed. And I'm thinking, well, who woke up one day and said, you know, let's forget about taxes and school boards. You know, let's, uh, let's focus on liquefying human remains as fertilizer. That tells you a lot. So thank you for that. Um, Lola, you're up next. Good morning, Tori. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about something good that came. Hello, Lola, uh, we can hear you. Can you hear me now? Okay, Hello. Lola, we'll cycle you out and you can come back when you, it's, it's usually an issue with your headset or something. Um, Sweet Liberty, go ahead. Sweet Liberty? Okay, we can't hear Sweet Liberty. We'll cycle her out. All right, Rogue Cat, you're up next. Good morning from the communist stronghold of Oregon. Uh, folks, it's so fun that all these people are together pulling their knowledge. Is it me or is no one else hearing anything? It's you. Just give me a thumbs up, whatever, if you're able to hear. If you're not able to hear, sorry. Can you hear me or can, is that a yes or no? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Who can hear me? Because I can hear, hear all the other ladies. Okay, okay, so you guys so can I'm hear me, yes? Oh, for reals? It's you, Tori. I could hear all those other ladies. Hello. Goodbye. I can okay. hear you. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right. So listen, so since you guys can hear me, this is like super vital. Those of you that are involved in the GOP, there is executive officers at the county level or state delegates. We need to coordinate strategies on how we are going to counter nefarious actions by the RNC if they do decide to deny the grassroots and keep Trump away from the nomination. Like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm we need countermeasures. I'm done bending over for these people burn it to the freaking ground 
Thank you, Rogue Cat. I heard that. That was me. Um, my space is being messed with a little bit. Um, I'm getting messages left and right. That's a, that's a very valid point. Um, thank you. Learning post-election fraud that we must be holding these people accountable and never bending their knee or making concessions. Um, because the minute you make concessions, you start playing their game. And the only way to win is to not play the game. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. Uh, Lola, you're, you're back. That was me, not you. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, so I was going to say something positive that's come out of this is um, locally, if you can grab people who are, they're embracing the uh, communist stuff because they just simply aren't aware that it's communist. So what I've done is befriended uh, a person who's more of a Democrat and um, in talking to that person and giving them an education, they understand um, they were falling for the floofy language. And, you know, these people have good things in mind and they don't look at it the way we do. They're just simply ignorant. And so in doing that, um, we've brought her around and uh, does it gives us a look into what they're doing behind the scenes because she's very active with these like Democrat type groups. So um, it's like we're infiltrating them in a sense, um, learning what they're doing behind the scenes and at the same time giving her an education and she can drip it to other people who she knows um, are just sort of brainwashed by the by the language and the idea of these policies that they're putting forward. And one other thing I wanted to say was I went to, I'm not a registered Republican, but I did go to a meeting and asked the vice chair of the local Republicans um, here if he um, thought that the election was rigged. And he said, well, yes, but it didn't matter because all the local Republicans won. And so I retorted to him, well, does that mean it's fair to cheat Democrats out of their seats? And believe it or not, the whole room started clapping. So hopefully um, some of them, you know, understand that it's not right to cheat on any side. Thank you for that, Lola. That. I, I agree with you because the Republicans were actually on that side back in 2004 when they stole the elections from John Kerry uh, because they still wanted Bush for another term. And that's something that I hear all the time from the state of Ohio. Well, we won and it's red. So and it's like, but is it really red if you're OK with cheating to get your own people in? But not others. That's not the way America works, which then means would have we been better off with idiots rather than you in office? You know, we can ask that question. But thank you for that. I appreciate you. Sweet Liberty, I had knocked you off before not hearing you and it was me. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, Tori. I love you so much. And I thank you for everything that you're doing for us and with us. Um, the thing that's really been shocking for me to find out is how difficult it is to move people from agreeing with there's a problem to actually doing something about it. That is a very good point. Thank you for that. That's a fantastic point. 
Thank you for that, sweet Liberty. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Bumble, you're up next. What was the one thing you've learned that was kind of left field for you? Hi, Tori. I haven't seen you in a while. So I, I came in right at the, uh, the Soil and Green um, comment. Interesting that that was predicted uh, so many years ago. Um, the one thing that um, that actually didn't surprise me, it was uh, the, the fraud and then all the way promoting the fraud all the way through to J6 where Nancy's daughter uh, was just in the right place to catch her with that totally uh, concocted... Well well, Bumble, I want to know, like, out of all the things post-election fraud, what was it that you learned that you were shocked? Like, some people said, I couldn't believe that so many people that are supposedly fighting on our side popped up all these 501c3s to bottleneck information, profit off of it, and yet produce zero results. You know, you're saying that you were, what, what, what was something that you learned? Like, you may have known, but you're like, well, now I know it. Post-election fraud. Well, no, I, I, when I came to this platform, I was confused about why my friends and family had disappeared up here in Massachusetts because they thought I was nuts. And I learned just how corrupt the, uh, the mainstream media and social media had basically brainwashed everybody. And, and I'm just trying to actually recover from all of that right now. And I don't know if we, I don't know if we can really dig out of that. I just wanted to, uh, kind of ask the question where are we at with that um, I mean all the footage from J6 is that readily yeah, Bumble, that's not something that I just wanted to know opinions right now we're not having the conversation yet I wanted to hear the people you know I can I know where I stand I wanted to hear the people on what they found so you found it shocking just how brainwashed people are so thank you for that okay I appreciate you thank you um Grump, let's go. Well, let's go. Let's roll. Let's have a good time. It's Monday and stuff. Um, and Congress I, I isn't working it... today because it's young Kipper, but go ahead. Yeah, I think I should take the day off. Anyways, um, so I, I, I went back and looked at uh, Matt Braden, I think it was his name, um, that uh, produced the first affidavits of uh, the voter roll um, scrutiny that he placed uh, in uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, recently had an engagement with a, uh, oh, not too with it type of person. Anyways, um, that uh, she said that being a guy and had absolutely eviscerated the, uh, the initial findings. And, but really when we were looking at something to the tune of nearly 30,000 uh, sketchy um, needed further adjudication type of ballots, um, you know, she cherry picked a couple and said, well, I called them directly and asked them if they would do such a, a you know, felonious type of thing as voting in two different uh, states. Of course, they're going to admit to that. But uh, what I found uh, most telling was that uh, that I think his name was Braden. He welcomed the scrutiny. So, you know, people that are actually caring about the integrity of our elections welcome any type of challenge that could at least help, um, you know, ascertain the extents of errors or fraud. 
but the uh, other side that wants to protect all the mechanisms, you know, it's, uh, hey, let's go ahead and expand the ATF. Let's expand the uh, um, the IRS. But let's not do anything as far as, you know, having um, actual independent, you know, auditors for our elections. You know, let's, uh, let's institute um, uh, automatic voter registration. And, um, you know, not necessarily define the uh, redundant mechanisms to assure, uh, you know, some sort of integrity within that, uh, you know, the, the, the permanent early voter lists out in Arizona is one that's still just, I, somebody needs I to help you, me make sense of that. Yeah, no, no. So you're finding discrepancies in the way elections are actually being carried out, who's allowed to ask questions, and how they're kind of wayside when they're at the core of our nation's productivity cycle i get it thank you for that rock yeah, thank you rock go ahead good morning sorry good morning. about that i i haven't ever talked on this <laughs> before anyway i think the thing that's been really hard for me and is probably hard for others is to see people that are paying a little bit of attention fall for this brainwashing that their voice doesn't matter and that no matter what they say or do, they have no strength behind them. They've lost their own value and their own voice. And I, I think it's really important to try to find ways to connect with everybody, not just, you know, our side or their side, just to let people know how important their voice truly is and that they can't sit aside and not work towards what the people want, you know? And I, so I think that's the hardest thing for me to see in all of this is that people just don't believe in themselves anymore. And that's all I was going to say. Well, Rock Michelle, I have to agree with you. I mean, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, just a few people saying, you know, in even the person that's from outside this country, people feel like, uh, you know, what's the point? You know, I'm already a prisoner here. They're in charge of everything. It seems like an immense mountain, and I can't climb a mountain with no legs and arms. All I have is my voice. But people forget they are few and we are many. And so every single voice, one by one, together in unison, is deafening and detrimental to everything. So thank you for that comment. I appreciate it. A lot of people feel demoralized. I mean, I can tell you that there's people that are active in local senates and federal, local house and federal, you know, that feel the same way, right? To the point that they give in and bend the knee, but then pretend that they're doing something. And I think um, this is a kind of two, two sides of that coin. One, they could just be weak losers that just do enough to make it look like they're doing something to pacify either family, friends, or even themselves. Where on the other side is they pretend to do something to make it look like they did something, even though they're batting for the other team. There's always two sides of that coin. You're either against voter fraud or you're not. And you can't kind of be and but this is OK and that's not, you know, you've got to overhaul the whole thing. So I agree. Thank you for that. Um, Doug, you're next. Okay, um, really briefly, I uh, just want to say hello, Tori. I did meet you in Columbus uh, during your campaign, um, briefly, and we talked about a couple of things. Um, my quest it's not a question, one thing I did learn from the uh, 
election fraud is that the mainstream media is just going to carry water for the uniparty the whole way. There's nothing that we can do other than just, you know, getting the word out and talking to people who are like-minded and maybe having other people overhear us talking about things and join the conversation so they can maybe become enlightened themselves somewhat. Um, that's what I'm looking for. But I do have a question, one specific question about the, the 24 election coming up. If a state were to keep Trump off of the ballot for some reason, it, would there be maybe some kind of benefit to having a statewide petition, or not a petition, but a, a group movement to try and have him as a write-in candidate in those states um, in an opinion that I had? And would people be able to write him in even, in even in a ballot where he is on the ballot? This way it would have to go through eyes on the ballot is a write-in candidate and less likelihood for votes being switched electronically. So Doug, um, first things first, if it's taken us three years and we still haven't been able to remove the machines, we're not having elections. We didn't have elections in 2022. And you know, that's fact. They were all rigged. I don't care what anybody says. Some people slip through the cracks. Um, hold on, let me meet someone because I can hear myself. There we go. Some people slip through the cracks, um, you know, that are good people. But, you know, we constantly keep saying the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Uniparty. We should just call it what it is. We're subjects. Okay? We're actual subjects. And right now, within the facade of having a House and a Senate, there are people in there that are tired of it, that do not want this going forward anymore. You know, so when I see that we don't have a uniform message as a people, we have people shilling the shit out of the GOP. And if you think about it, what is it? It's a money scam. You pay money to your local one that goes into the regional one that goes into your state one that goes into the main national one. And all these people are spending a shit ton of money to rent the most lavish hotel rooms, to throw confetti in the air and select who's going to govern you. This is the most stupidest thing. When I hear people saying, yeah, we got to go all red, I'm thinking you're all dumb. But then their argument is we can't change the system because it's been in place. Well, if we don't change it now, when are we going to change it? If that's your argument, when do we change it? Right? When do we... So as far as the ballot thing, if you, for whatever reason, decide that you want to write them in, I'm telling you right now... Um, he will not be eligible even if he gets the votes, right? Because they've already stricken him from the ballot. You can't have him on the side note. So we shouldn't be focusing on what to do to mitigate of him being removed because I've been saying it for years, but your amazing media has done a complete disservice to not pointing out what I've been pointing out, legislations among states, uh, excluding parties that have specific names, right? Like independent or freedom or federalist, right? You should look at that because on a state level, the very people that you can actually go to their house because it's a, you, you know, you're their constituent and you can meet with them are the very ones that are passing these laws, right? And so, and age restrictions, it's happening everywhere across the nation, but we're so distracted with whatever 
your influencers, remember, they influence your thoughts, right, are telling you you're focusing on that rather than on the elections, which is key. Because I don't care how many pedophiles you point out. I don't care how many, you know, traffickers you point out, how many cartel members you point out, how much money laundering you point out. If you can't vote and you can't be heard, it's going to continue. So, you know, I find it almost silly when I see people throwing so much focus into things that they cannot control, right? They cannot control that at all, even if they point it out. Okay, so you've got 10 pedos, you've just put them on the spotlight, and everyone hates them, and you've canceled them, or whatever. There's another 100 right behind them. How are you going to stop that from happening? How are you going to stop the shielding and the funding? Only if you have a vote. And right now, we didn't have elections in 22. They were rigged. In 2018, rigged. 2019, rigged. That's the problem. People are not focusing on the issues that we should be focusing on. And that's the ability for us to exercise our First Amendment. And that's not about getting your soapbox or being heard on a public utility platform. That's another thing. Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram are not private companies. They are public utilities. They should be seen as utilities, right? Where people sit and have public discourse. In this day and age of information, this should be done. It should be put down as a utility. This is why the government can subpoena. This is why the government is involved. Yo. You know, those are things that we need to be, be focusing on. So, um, Doug, while I, I, I completely appreciate the effort on seeing how we can maneuver this, you can't mitigate something that's been fixed against you. Because if they are able to remove him from the ballot, then you will not be able to write him in. I mean, you can write him in, but he won't count because they, by that state, have legally omitted him from being able to run. Therefore, even as a write-in, you know, it may be grandstanding and it may send shockwaves, but... No one's really shocked with all the shit they're seeing now. They were told there were aliens literally on among them, and nobody said anything. So having said that, let me move on to XX. Let me take a couple more comments before I delve into what I really want to talk about. Go ahead, XX. Hey, good morning, Tori. Thanks for letting me talk. I think that um, what was most alarming to me was their actual reaction to how they never, ever thought untrained attorneys could stand up and actually fight in court. Um, you've taught us that, that we need to stand up if we want change. Um, I've learned that I need, that we all need to believe in our God-given talents. And man, this is a work in progress for me. And I continue to work on it daily. Um, and that my mindset guides me on my journey of growth in all areas of my life. So thank you so much, Tor. I appreciate you. Thank you, XX. I appreciate you. And, and, and I, I agree with what you were saying. I agree. And um, thank you. Heather, please go ahead. Hi, Tor. Thank you for everything you do for us and all the information you give us to arm us so we can fight this at our local level. Um, the thing that shocked me the most was meeting with our election admin who knows nothing about how those machines work. They don't set them up. They don't plug them in. They don't test them. They don't do anything. The machine companies that say on their website, we partner with DHS, they run our elections, and the county officials think this is okay. That blew me away. Yeah. So the fact that our states are no longer sovereign to run their own elections, like the Constitution depicts, right? Is but they're okay, okay with, with it. it. That's yeah, they're okay with it. It's interesting. Very good point. Mr. Majestic, go ahead. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Tori, for all you do. 
I just want to make a statement. I listened across, uh, in my opinion, I listened to several platforms, but in my opinion, and I'm not patronizing you, you know the most and you have the receipts. That's all I wanted to say. I appreciate you, Mr. Majestic. But, you know, that's, that's actually something that we're, we're going to talk about right now, which is the post-election fraud. Um, and, the reason, uh, and the reason it prompted me to have this, uh, you know, quick two-hour space, quick two-hour space, right? <laughs> um, I, you know, looking back that at this point in time, in 2020, I was sitting down with my counterpart um, on the phone and you know, I was taking a look at these AFL-CIO documents. I was shocked that the right-wing media, which are our friends, uh, supposedly, um, <laughs> would not talk about it, uh, would not talk about the Zoom calls. They didn't talk about the fact that we had some really big players on those calls. Um, you know, had general counsel for uh, had uh, counsel for the Department of Labor. The same person that penned the OSHA mandate was on that call. We had people, you know, that were part of the DOD and the Peace Institute. And, you know, we had activists that had been extremely active under Bolton in South America as creating these revolutions, um, which are something that USAID orchestrates. And I urge everyone, to see why Russia had, you know, banned um, those NGOs from ever uh, being on Russian soil again in 2012, because what they realized was they were heading up protests and going against the government. Now, we may consider Russia is a, an enemy, right? Whatever nation it may be, it can be Timbuktu. Nobody cares, right? But from the point that we go in there and we disrupt their own government operations, right? We are not the good people. We are the bad people. Because I don't see USAID going into Saudi Arabia or going into Oman or going into Iran or going into Iraq and saying, stop throwing gays off the roof, right? I don't see them going in there pushing for women's rights, right? Because they know that they cannot sit there and change something that's fundamental to their culture and their country. But here we are doing it to nations that wish to be more developed across the planet. Now, what's to say that those same operations don't happen here? Nothing. You obviously fine-tune them and you know how to obfuscate. So, going back to it, with all those players discussing a federal coup and no one talking about it, no one saying a word about it, I mean, I think it was Jack Posobiec that actually utilized the information that was given to him by someone that, that I knew from the State Department so that he can put it out. And instead, he used it as bullshit to sit there and say that he infiltrated Antifa because he was writing the Antifa book. So he used it as a prop to garner himself some more clout rather than, no one said give credit, but buddy, that wasn't your map. And it was nice to see Steve Bannon say, you know, Millie had the receipts after, you know, they dis, you know, they they totally ushered her out of the circle because she was not a game player. You know, she didn't want to fit in that neat box, but she fits in a box, but not that box that they want her in. You know, she's a great reporter, right? 
And she did her job and she reported and she paid dearly for it. There are many other people. Emerald got fired, right? But she was able to find herself a spot. Um, my friend Chris Berg was fired for not getting the vaccine after being on Fox for so many years. They take it on the chin. A lot of people do. Now, where are we at? After seeing it for three years, I realized one thing. The problem we have is that for some reason, people think this is, you know, who comes out on top. I think we have hero complexes. And, you know, um, and it's more so uh, what we say. And I'm actually, um, I'm at fault at this too. So allow me to elaborate. So when the elections uh, were conducted in 2020, and I went to D.C. and I said, all right, here's the deal, man. This happened. Can we focus on this? This is the law. Don't go chasing ballots. We already have their plans. They're doing it. And all these people that have been championing for election fraud, and most of this done was, was done live. So it's not like I'm just saying it. This is factual, right? I'm not just iterating things out of my own, you know, but, right? I, I did this live all of these people that were pushing to allegedly save elections made a very good fortune on it. Um, and not only that, they made a good way of perpetuating the story, almost like never ending wars, right? Which is kind of the same thing. These never ending by proxy, right? By proxy wars, and the proxy wars that we have are the ones that are never ending because the real people at war are never seen. They always use a middleman. And in this case, the middleman was us and they were using us, the people left, right, middle, upside down, whatever you wanted, you know, you identify as a communist, as a Democrat, as a Republican, as a centrist, they used you. And this is where the proxy war happened between the US government and the people. But then you have to think, who are the other people fighting for the people while using the people? That's the question. That's one thing that I learned is that the, that we are unable to discern where the people stop and where another interest begins. Because I see that a lot of interests are pushing certain topics and, and groups and also being tasked to destroy other people and groups. Um, one example is the lawyer um, that came out with all this information about the racketeering and money laundering through real estate, which is a well-known tool of Mossad. And so, you know, uh, this is very well known globally. Um, you can fact check that. I don't just say things. And so when you see that specific journalists targeted that person, that means that maybe the people has been blurred with other agencies that they themselves may find as friendless. Let's be straight. No one is going to be a better friend to an American than an American. And trying to find allies in this time of confusion only increases our risk of being targeted. And so as this fraud was being investigated, here's where I folded. I remember when I wrote my, my affidavit, Sidney Powell's team was like, no, Tori, you can't put that. that that's state secrets. That's, we can't pull this. We can't corroborate this. You can't put that. And I'm like, but we did that in these other countries. Well, then you need to mention it. But you need to make sure that everything is sourced because you fall under state secrets. And I was like, all right. So I redid mine, right? And um, 
after I redid my affidavit, I read affidavits that she had. And one specifically was that of Josh Merritt. Now, while the majority of what he wrote was correct, there were parts of it that I knew for a fact, like the stuff in Serbia and other things, I knew were inaccurate because I was there, right? And rather than me say, all right, well, 10 paragraphs, two are false, or could be his perception of falsity. I didn't even take that into account. That was my fault. I completely discredited the whole thing because of those two paragraphs. Here's where I faulted, you know, and, and this is when you go to the absolute or nothing uh, value, which is usually the great way to go when you know where you stand, right? When you know you're standing on the floor and you're facing forward, you take absolute or nothing decisions, right? I either go right or I go left. There's no in between. In a time of confusion like this, and this is where, my, where I show my, an example of my fault of you know, not adhering to how it is to navigate a confusing environment is you don't take all or nothing. You take some and you're like, all right, well, that adds to me turning to the right. So let me use that to my advantage uh, because that sounds right, which takes me to the core of things. Why is it that facts don't matter anymore? And that's the problem. Um, our uh, facts and emotions play a very distinct but very um, interconnected role in our perception, in our understanding of events. Um, while the facts provide us objective information about an event or something specific, um, emotions are actually very powerful in influencing the response and shaping our memories. And, and that's key. That's uh, Psychology 101. Now, Emotions are a lot more powerful. And this morning, while I was having coffee, um, right before, you know, we got to printing and doing things, um, someone very important to me said, well, you know, it's kind of like the, the money that went missing from the Pentagon. You know, it's all about feelings and not facts. So we lost, you know, so many millions from the Pentagon, but then the next day the towers went down. So how did people feel about that? How did people feel about the missing money? But actually, they didn't really care. They were more worried about planes going through. But it was all the feelings, and that's the thing. While we get the objective information, it, the, the actual emotions behind it are the ones that shape our perception of the events. So, you know, emotions are highly subjective, right, and personal, um, whereas facts are objective and verifiable, and so, um, you know, standing back and observing things, you know, there's a, a just, and I'll, and I'll use it from personal perspective, right? You know, I see a lot of people complaining, oh, the media, um, who was it that they just recently chased out? Was it WAPO? Who did they chase out recently? Someone jump in and tell me where they did hit pieces to, oh, Barstools, there we go. So Barstool Sports was targeted by WAPO so that they can, you know, disallow them from making an income because they said things they didn't like. And, you know, now they're seeking out, oh, somebody help us. But I remember when the New York Times did that to me, where they did a whole hit piece, a whole, and, and I'm not just understating this, a whole platform was hacked, you guys, right, with 8 billion users. And the only news stories that ran were about me, me, 
little old me that everyone says should ignore because I'm a grifter, little old me who I'm a nobody, okay? All these mainstream, I'm, New York Times made it a point to just poke at me. And not only that, they actually went on a campaign to make sure that they can block me from being able to to do streams, to do anything. Um, you know, they blocked me from my job, um, which was brick and mortar with iHeartRadio. Um, they, they, they blocked me from Twitch because I was 908th in the world out of 8 billion people, right? And no one spoke up, but now people are speaking up. And here's that thing. What we should have learned post-election fraud, right, is that everything that we see, and I think someone said it best earlier, is that we should look at the information and do our research ourselves, and I, you know, and not take the all or nothing approach, because that's the problem we have. That's the way propaganda wins, because emotions are highly subjective and personal, right? And when we experience an event, either that be election fraud or anything, you know, we have an emotional response, and that's based on our individual perspectives, uh, the past experience, our personal values, right? And this subjectivity leads to a wide range of emotional reactions. And even when the facts of the event stay the same and they are not changed and they have been proven not wrong, emotions color the perception of the facts, making them more personal and impactful. So facts, you know, are on their own. They can, truth stands on its own. It will never go away. It will never shut up. It will never disappear. It will always be. It's the emotions that surround people around that because, you know, I, I sit down and I think to myself, like, the, like you know, Patrick Berge, what was his point? What was his goal? To destroy our nation? To what? Get a little bit of money because he was homeless and, you know, rob a couple people? What were all these 501c3s they did? What about all these audits they pushed? What about all these stupid hearings that they're doing that go nowhere, right, um, within local and federal. Like, what is the point? And the point is, is to emotionally exhaust you and create memories, right, that are tied to emotions um, that are crucial. Emotions are crucial to memory formation, right? And so these events that have happened throughout the past three years have evoked really strong emotions and are going to be, they, they supposedly last long, a long time when they're emotionally charged. But as we can see, we're three years down the line, a little bit longer than the 2004 stolen elections. Those died down after 18 months, okay? Because the crucial witness was killed and everyone shut up real quick. But it's really, really important that we understand that they're playing on our emotions. And, and we see all this infighting and it's not. They're just not on Team America. When you see that, you know, you realize it. Because it's like there's people that do a lot of great work. And I hear this all the time. Someone someone actually told me to my face, I don't like you, but you do really great work. And I was like, you don't like me because I irritate your fucking spirit. You're in it for the money. Wasn't very happy, you know. Someone was like, you don't talk like that to people that are of a stature. And I was like, they're not of stature. They're retired, right? And they're trying to be relevant, and they're not. So... I'll, I'll move it along because this is my country that my kids have to live in and we need to fix it. And we can't do this posturing at all. We need to be working together. Now, one thing that I learned from post, post the election fraud myself is just how emotionally charged the people are. And 
um, how necessary it is to continually talk about it. And it sounds like we're beating a dead horse because, you know, we've moved on to the whole impeachment part, which will boomerang really easy. I'm just going to say that that'll boomerang for McCarthy. But um, it's important that we understand (laughs) that it's just us. And and that's basically it. You know, the cognitive bias that exists is is terrible because your emotions shape cognitive biases such as confirmation bias and motivated reasoning right and i i see this almost on a daily basis and this is coming from people that are allegedly smart right where they refuse to see the things the way they are you know even for the china thing if you remember i had that um that video with those guys with the lysol spray that we're like doing the Kung Fu coronavirus thing. And if you notice the first wave of censorship came that we were not allowed to associate the virus with China. They silenced President Trump more because of the China virus. Um, They constantly kept silencing him every time he said China virus or Kung Flu, right? Why? When they all knew that it was coming from there, Right. Why would they silence that pertinent information? Why are they refusing to, which now, three years later, the media shamelessly, shamelessly overlooking the false reporting that they've been doing for, you know, a good seven years, blatant false reporting, right, would sit there and, 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 and report that it came from Wuhan. You know, how is it that we are okay with allegedly having this media tell us anything and when i say this media i'm talking about all of it you know even the the content creators like i can't stand tim pool only because you know he's he's a interest driven you know guy and thinks that he's important when you know he could just be fun he could just be fun just a fun guy instead he wants to be important and it's like you can't be fun and important at the same time that just doesn't work you're either fun or you're important you're not important and fun. I mean, you could be funny, but you can't be fun. Um, you know, I uh, I spoke with people of the Gateway Pundit and told them that one of the guys that works for you, aside from Ali Akbar, that they prop too, that we all now know is CIA, right? And he was part of an operation, right? You know, we've told them that you have someone on your staff that writes for you that is was actually one of the most important proponents for J6, you know? And we warn them because they will be shamed for it. And I will make sure that they're shamed for it. You know, they continue to use that person after we brought them the actual evidence um, because they believe they're above the law, too. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. I learned post-election fraud. That there is no left and right media. They're all playing for the same damn team. Just some of them pander to some other people in other ways, while the left talks about free education and gender equality, the right panders to what you like and shovels shit down your throat too. For you, it's pacification being on the right. For the left, it's amplification. And that's something that I learned that, that you know, if I could, I'd torch this whole planet down to the ground. It's game over. I mean, there's... I, it's like I don't even want to deal with undoing this Gordian knot. And the only way to do it is by slicing it. 
you, you're never going to find the end of it or the beginning. And that's the problem that we have. So many people, you know, like even this Lynn Wood drama, so many people took such a hard position calling him a rat and saying all these things. Others are like, well, Sydney wrote her thing based on yours. Actually, that was Josh Merritt's. Mine was one million percent source. And when people ignore my affidavit, that's because it is the most accurate one. And I urge everyone to read it and point out one place where it's like, oh, that's false. You can't because it's all 100% factual. And that's what hurts people. And, you know, when, um, what was it that my, uh, my friend said? Um, he said, well, you know, when they can't discredit what you put down, they'll just say, oh, anybody could have done that, even though they didn't, right? <laughs> so um, it's really, really important that we understand that um, our media, both left and right, are working together. And that's even to the ones that claim Oh, we rely on you. That's bullshit. That's extreme bullshit. They don't rely on you. They all have, you know, people funding them in odd ways. And they will coax you into going to their events so you can hear them speak. So that way you can fan their importance and amplify them even more. So that's the key thing that I actually learned from post-election fraud. That even those that are closest to President Trump... And those that are closest to the far right or the right or the centrist movement are all working together with the left. They play off each other. It's a beautiful tango dance of fake words. And that's only to persuade you to think of things in a simple, in, in their way. And if they can have the right and the left tugging at each other, then you can't see what they're doing. You're so busy looking at that tug of war that you're not even paying attention. You're missing things like, um, you know, uh, the legalizing liquefaction of human remains for fertilizer. You're missing out laws that are being passed to disallow independence to run. Uh, you're missing out on, on key uh, bills that they're trying to push within your state that they stuff in there with pork. Some people just still haven't learned. And, and this is what you, I've learned post-election fraud, that there is no actual media. And this is why a lot of these people that had all these shows with like millions of people made a shit ton of money on YouTube, pulling you down rabbit holes and telling you having, okay, let me say this. Let's all say, I'm going to say now that, yes, there is a plan uh, that President Trump's the president, and that's why he drives with the motorcade. And everything's been set. We got this. We got them in a bind. There's only so many moves they can make. Obviously, the people in the middle are delaying or accelerating the next move, right? But let's just pretend all that is true, okay? How does that help the future generation? The future generation will wait for another group of people that are fed up to fix it for them. You see, this is where my problem is. This whole pacification, right, is actually detrimental to the foundations of this actual nation of self-governance because we, we forfeit our abilities and capabilities to shape our futures into the hands of people we don't know, allegedly, right, if that were all true. And uh, that's not how you win. That's kind of a cop-out, if, if I may say so myself. So having said that, I'd, I'd like to take a listen just from a couple people. Let's just do 10 people, right? Um, what they 
think about what I discovered post-election fraud, which was that the media, they're, they're really working together. There's no other explanation. I mean, or they could just all just be really stupid and self-preservationists, but they are really working together, the right and the left, hand in hand. Um, Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I have, uh, hi. Um, thanks for having me up. I, I got to listen into your space. Uh, my wife recommended it to me, and um, I, had, I have a good feeling I know why. Um, do you know Michael Corey? Yeah, I don't want to Mike- talk about um, him because I have my personal, you know, I don't like that guy. So. Okay. I, I was just wondering because he did an amazing report on Erickson. Yeah, no, no, he didn't. The ICIJ did, and he took it and redid it. So thanks for playing, Kevin. Bye. All right, next. Go ahead, Rogat. Well, you know, I, I, I think that really anyone who isn't captured and reporting along with, you know, whatever the prescribed narrative of the day is doesn't get a platform. So building those alternate means of communication, which is really just networking, information among ourselves and learning to verify that information as either factual or infactual is the only way we're going to have, um, uh, let's just say, the end product of what the media is supposed to deliver until we've cleaned house. And God knows how long it's going to take to clean house. Uh, you know, nobody, everyone's lazy. No one wants to do the work for themselves. Um, all too often we see, and, and this is like in our camp, perhaps the biggest cancer in the disinformation and misinformation plaguing uh, our mission is that it, we don't get folks that are willing to read beyond the headline. Um, if if someone shares information that resonates with them, that makes them feel good, that makes them feel like it's a win, uh, and they at least somewhat trust that person and go, oh, that's a Republican or, oh, that's a right winger. They share that information and it makes its rounds. And it could be an article from five years ago, 10 years ago, it could be completely made up. A lot of it ends up making us look like complete idiots. Uh, but but really just goes back to the fact that people, the information's out there. You don't need anyone to report it. You just need to know how to find it. So going forward, post-election fraud, which I'm sorry, I think the 2020 stolen election and COVID was the best thing that ever happened to the world after growing up in a family of conspiracy theorists. It's wild to have the gas station attendant and my, uh, you know, grocery store cashier start telling me that the elites are trying to cull the population and that we're being taken over by communists. It's like, wow, the world is waking up. So we will get through this because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. But if we want to keep it from happening again, then it's about restoring personal accountability to each and every one of us. You need to check your election records or the years that you haven't voted. Go poll your voting records because I didn't vote after they screwed Ron Paul out of the 2011 Iowa caucus, yet I am on record with their Secretary of State as having cast a ballot in 2014 and 2016. Like, find your own data. Check it out. Make sure everything's on the up and up. And for God's sakes, teach your kids to do it or else... We're going to win this now, but in 100 years, we could be right back where we're at. And where we're at it, we have to castrate our elected seats of power. Power attracts narcissists and megalomaniacs. The only way to get rid of those people is to take the power away from those seats. I agree with you, Rogue Cat. But you know what's really difficult? Like, for example, um, 
you know, there was a hearing in Kansas that I was invited to, and the senator last minute decided that they're all going to pick who's coming. Now, the media, out of all these people that were coming to talk to election about election fraud, targeted me only, which tells you I should have been the only one really speaking there if the mainstream media only targeted me. They didn't target anyone else. They targeted me. And guess what they did? They bent the knee. So they just had a sham hearing that the people paid for that the very senators decided to select who's going to speak. And having said that, you know, I, I think it's important that we that I re, reiterate this distinction between disinformation and misinformation because they're used interchangeably. Kind of like that Kevin guy that popped on to thump Michael Curry for taking other people's hard work, creating a summary and then saying he did it. OK, so disinformation refers to like um, deliberate, false or misleading information. And that's done and, 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 and created at, with the intent to deceive, to manipulate, and to harm someone. It's often, uh, you know, we see disinformation uh, being produced by individuals, organizations, obviously, and governments with specific agendas or malicious purposes, right? And the intent of disinformation, just so you know, the key characteristic of it is that the intention, that the disinformation is the intention behind its creation and dissemination, meaning we want to disinform the public. Therefore, this is why we are disseminating this information, right? Because we want to make sure they get the wrong information. So those responsible for disinformation know that information they're spreading is false and they do it with a goal that is very specific to them, such as influencing public opinion, uh, sowing discord, or undermining trust. Whereas on the other hand, misinformation refers to false or inaccurate information. Like, for example, you know, this guy wanted to bring up Michael Corey. Well, here's where it's inaccurate, right? He gave inaccurate information that spread with the intent to deceive. The deception on this hand was that he created it when he did it. The misinformation was that he inaccurately created a summary and here's more of this misinformation he wants you to think that he is you know in some squirrely operation at the center of it <laughs> right and that he's a genius when he was a real estate agent that may be a real estate agent but may not be and you know was was you know remember he was on twitter just a few years ago um, you know, all over this guy, um, Andre, who was posing as TS12 Majestic on Twitter. And he was desperately a, a diehard fan for that, which, you know, was not disinfo, but it was just misinfo, right? And misinfo comes from, you know, errors, misunderstandings, or the sharing of information, listen to this, in good faith, okay? but without proper fact-checking or verification. Now, that's what I see a lot of on the right. Yeah, It's good yeah. intention, but they just didn't do the legwork. I don't know. I don't know, Rogue Cat. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm going to take that intent thing, and I'm going to throw it right back because I don't know. I see a lot of people intentionally putting stuff out there, and I'm just like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? Like, why are they saying this? You know, I'm the first one to call myself out when I fuck up. Right. Other times I'll share disinfo like on my Telegram channel. I'll share something that's completely false and let it simmer just so that I can see who's responding and who reacts. And I, you know, and, and, and going back to another comment about federal assets, it's not federal assets. It's people wanting to be comfortable. 
You know, they think that what's best for their family right now is to have a house. I mean, didn't that Haley, Haley Kennington, who's now dead, not dead like physically, but as a journalist, she's a nobody, right? She killed her career, right? They came after her when she was talking about really bonafide facts. I stuck up for her and for her to get herself a house, she stole my server or gave access to my server to people she shouldn't have. And, you know, things get paid in some shape or form. Or let's go with this Lynn Wood stuff. Like, I'm extremely disappointed to see people start calling him a rat, you know? I, I, I get subpoenaed in other people's cases all the time as a third party. So if someone subpoenas me as a third party in somebody's case that's against someone that I, that I care for, it means I'm a rat? No, it means they subpoenaed me to go there. That's what it means. And so I don't see the reason that they would start that attack. You know, or why they would be so, because what if at the end of it, you know, he goes there, he testifies to what he knows, right? And it's a nothing burger. Then your credibility is dead in the water. Well, I think we have to differentiate between grassroots. I don't want to, I'm not a conservative. I'm an American. Okay. So grassroots pro-human Americans and folks that are trying to, to feed their egos by, by, making a name for themselves i see a lot of just normal everyday little people and we're the ones that are going to save the world because we don't have anything to lose we don't have any million dollar empires to lose okay so we share us a lot of disinformation with good intentions which then it's misinformation the folks that like man they want credit for everything they want to get a following they want to have a little podcast they it's all about the the likes and the shares and the ego stroking. When they reach for that power, they assume the responsibility of making sure the information they're sharing is accurate. And yes, among that camp, the ego strokers, the folks that want to set themselves up as as somebody's, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of heartache and a lot of wasted time rests at their feet 100 percent agree well thank you for that i mean post-election fraud i i realized um just how self-preservationist these like you said people that want their podcasts their write-ups their jobs so they can show their nice hair and boobs and talk on the camera you know to be fanned and famed i mean i i saw people that that would cash in on the hard work that people would do so that they can feel important because you know they they need money this is this is not okay this is really not okay and when i see it it makes me sick to my stomach because it's like why are you not working together with people rather than against them why are you not having conversation oh because i don't like this person you know i must destroy what they say but what if what they have to say is exactly what you need to get your country out of this well there's got to be another way and i kid you not i've heard that I've heard that in reference to other people, and I'm just like, that's not okay. We don't have to like that person. That person's information is there. It's not them. We're looking at their information. Like, why would you do that? There are people on the left that are doing actually good reporting, and no one is giving them any merit or any platform because they're crazy liberals that, you know, are gay and have blue hair. And I'm like, but their information is solid. Why wouldn't you use that? It, You're supposed to be an American parties. person. If they're worried, we should be putting it together. Well, it, you know, I think it's more of a community thing because I notice it. Like when I set up state groups in, 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 in Telegram, it was for everyone in those states to just have conversation, right? 
But then there's also a lot of social rejection, right? It's a digital group. It's not even real, right? When you guys meet in person, that's real. When you have potluck together and work together, that's real. People are so, so lost with no community that even the digital groups that I created have become communities that are so real to them that some of them fall off the deep end. They become insane, like literally insane. They lose their mind and I'm watching it. And that's because, you know, they feel so displaced by society that, and then they need to find a target of where to hone that anger into. So they'll pick you, me, president Trump, anybody. And that's where they become dangerous. Most of these people I'm telling you right now on our, are, are on bars. What is it? The minority report watch list. You know, the people that you see that create these black pilled groups that say shit like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They're already on watch lists. The ones that are like, oh, let me tell you. It's like this. Like, I, 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 I laugh every time people say your groups are like a cult. And I was like, bitch, I own Telegram. Step off, first of all. Second, second, those are their groups, not mine. Right. They just are listeners of mine and they sit there and they work on things. That's their groups. They're not mine. Right. I own the channel so that way people don't get pissy and delete all the information that people have put together. So just because you're a little bit upset that you're not getting shit done, you know, move aside. You can go find some rich guy that you can swindle money off of while you creep into those groups and and, and make it look like you're doing something. Again, post-election fraud key. There are no sides. That's yes, but to. people don't there know are really who they no are sides. anymore. They don't know no, who they there are is anymore. No sides. There's no sides, okay? There's no left or right, okay? And the more we pander to the left and the right argument, the more we lose because there is no side. You're either on the side of humans or not. Yep. That's yep. basically it, you know, and, 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 and that's key. I'm sorry. Um, uh, let, me, let me pop over. I, I've seen you with your hand up, Rich. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey, Tori. How are you? Nice hey. to talk to us. Good. I don't know if you grew up in New York or not, but who are? Yep. Um, yep. I yep. like how you brought up... Oh, you did? Great. Yes. I like how you brought up misinformation and disinformation. Every time I listen to you, I learn something. I am guilty of that myself. A couple times I've shared things without vetting them good. But you know what? Misinformation is necessary. It gets people thinking. It gets them digging for what the real truth is. Even myself. Authority told me, oh, you're sharing fake stuff. So I looked into it. I realized, who knows if it's fake or not? It's raw alerts, you know? There's a couple things there that I wonder about. But I think it's necessary. And either way, I really think this has all been happening since 2016. You say, uh, what are they doing? When are they going to arrest people? When are they going to change these legislations? I think they already did. So that's all for now. Nice to talk to you, Tori. Yeah, it is. And I, 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 I agree with you that sometimes putting in there that disinfo, I mean, you know, before it's news sounds really out there, but sometimes the really out there makes more sense than what's really here. Like they found the lab in Ukraine. It was empty. There were bodies chained in the basement. Oh, that's raw alerts. That's not real. Yeah, just wait. Oh, mountain weather. Okay, just wait. You know, it, so you can't really judge people for misinformation, but you could tell when they're being malicious. Definitely, you can tell the maliciousness about people all the time. And, and, hey, Tori, I think you're, you're rubber banding pretty bad. Yeah, that's, that's, that's better. There you go. 
Yeah, you're good. Thoughts are in regards like there aren't any two sides. Like, um, there, there's no two sides that they work out. Not two sides to the whole story. Yeah, we're playing with uh, Dungeons and Dragon dice here. There's many sides. I don't know if you can hear us, Tori, but we can't hear you at all if you're trying to talk. While Tori's working on her audio, you know who else is going through this exact same stuff for the Bernie Bros? Um, you can look at their districts where they have the majority of you know, voters on the left and they're still electing octogenarian mega millionaires like Nancy Pelosi. And I've had some great conversations with uh, progressive Bernie bro political activists and they need to know what to look for, how to dig, how to catch these bastards in the act. And we're not going to fix anything so long as we don't talk to each other. I mean, that division is real. So I just, I, I strongly encourage everyone to reach out to their cultural opposites and start those dialogues. Uh, here in Southern Oregon, I'm an executive member with our GOP. I can hear you now, Tori. Are we connected now? Yes. You sound a lot better. Well, that's rare to have upload and not down. Stuff kind of seems to happen a lot when you're talking about election stuff, just from experience. Oh, yeah. I think she's in a bad spot, though. But somebody mentioned earlier about how we all have friends online now and, and we're tight-knit communities in our little chats. And, you know, in two weeks, I'm going to a reunion. Well, it's a union. We've never met each other. Uh, a whole bunch of us from a chat are going to, to meet at a bed and breakfast for a week, and it's going to be awesome. These people are like my best friends. All right. I think Since I'm this back. voice Hold activated, it's the best. I, I think I'm back. I wanted to ask you a question. Since you said, you know, disinfo, misinfo. And sorry about that um, disconnection there. Um, what are your thoughts on realizing that both our left and right media are actually the same? Or not realizing it, or entertaining the idea of it. That was my realization. Say that again, the media and what are the same? So what would, what are your thoughts on realizing or appreciating the objective view of left and right media are actually one and the same. And we're talking right media, not like brick and mortar right media. We're not talking Fox. We're talking gateway pundit, influencers, and all that stuff, that they're actually working hand in hand with the left. How would that, how would you see that? How would you digest that? I'd just like your thoughts on that. Well, I used to think that we had control, well, I'm sure we do, had control of all the media for, you know, probably since the state of emergency started in 18. Uh, but I, I didn't really differentiate uh, or get rid of the differentiation between left and right until recently. I realized that they're all together. I used to think it was the right, you know, controlling the media against the left. But now, now it seems a little different. But yeah, I knew, it seemed like that since the beginning, that we have total control over all the media. Everything Wait, what do you, you mean see, by just like Trump's total. words, it's all orchestrated. It's all orchestrated it's well, people who, people who love America, you know, people who would die for America. That it's all orchestrated. Sometimes you have to go Every through bit of emotions it. to be able to realize post-election fraud, post-COVID, post-this, of exactly what's at play. Sometimes you have to get through the trenches to realize what it was that you were waiting through, Right. I appreciate that comment. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
Um, Abolish, you've had your hand up for like forever. Welcome, Dustin. Hey, what's going on? Go ahead, Abolish. Good morning, sunshine. Fucking blue sunshine out here in Drury, D.C. right now. (laughs) So, uh, Abolish is on here, too. Hey, Abolish Darkness. I love your Never Forget banner. Appreciate that. Yeah. um, So, I actually, this is a really, I'm glad you brought it up. I think it's a really good segue for, um, so I've been doing a lot of research on um, the stuff that, um, you know, you really led us towards uh, initially, I feel like, with uh, Jason Sullivan and J6 Deleted and, you know, further on Roger Stone and and Matrix and Authority and Shady have been uh, really you know, hammering at, at that stuff. Um, and I just wanted like, so you brought up the control, the control within our movement of, you know, like alternative media. And um, you highlighted, uh, what's her name? Kristen, um, the Manhattan madam. Yeah, she used to be and, an investment um, banker and then she became a madam. Yeah. Um, the America Project, Patrick Byrne, um, PR person. What and and then there's a news company in there as well, well that I remember. Project that I can't remember. PR because Joe Flynn wanted her, right? Not because Patrick selected her. Just so you know. Okay. Patrick yeah. Um, there was a, there were people. He's more than capable. There was a um. Okay. Um. Maybe I, maybe I read that wrong. I remember seeing. I apologize, my daughter's. Yeah, no, you're good. You're difficult. good. Um, I remember um, seeing a uh, news company listed on her uh, Twitter as well as for the organizations she represented, and I think it was uh, One American News or something like that. But um, just kind of the whole. You know, we get to a point, and it seems like everybody's calling everybody a bad actor, and everybody's uh, at the same time vouching for everybody. Well, look, let me let me and, let me just say something. And, let me let me clear something up yeah. on this. Like the way in the Matrix about uh, you know the other people are going through it is the wrong way. I did it in a way that I can actually trigger legal implications, right? Um, the reason I did this, I mean, I know Jason. I know the work he does, you know, for Jason Sullivan, right? And we're not talking about Jaden X. We're talking Jason Sullivan, who's who's brilliant, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the reason um, I had to wait. I actually had a copy of that um, that documentary for a long time. But it was unfortunate because it was not able to be found on a platform that's shareable to have a chain of custody. Because I will never burn my sources, ever. So sometimes I sit on things that I have that I can't put out. Kind of like today, the Air Force General, yeah, I stand behind the letter. I've been having that letter. I've been sharing that letter. I've been sharing that information, right? But I can't, you know, share it because that could burn my source, Right. And a lot of people just share it. No, you don't. You have to be responsible that when people invest in you information, you know, that you're going to look into things and do things. You won't burn your source. Now, as far as the Roger Stone thing, I want something to be made clear. Roger Stone is a fucking genius. Okay, the guy is really smart, but he is outdated like mothballs. His strategy is like mothballs. 
because he's so frustrated because when you're a guy that does plays like he does, you know, he was in Ukraine with Manafort before the elections. You know that, right? Does everybody know that? Because if you don't, they did do business there. There was nothing dodgy, right? They were just conducting business, right? But he is a very smart man that knows a lot of things. But unfortunately, he wanted to revive a movement that he started with the election fraud. And you all should look back on history because it tells you everything you need to know in regards to the Brooks brothers. The problem with people that have game plans, that have worked before, that recycle them, is that they don't adapt easily. See, creative people adapt, right? Adaptability is key in everything. That is how you realize where someone can actually strategize and adapt and why some people die off into the darkness or go over, you know, into like the deep end where you're just like, yeah, I can't even listen to that person anymore. You know, where they go into that deep end. Um, you know, for me, my best camouflage is selling a little bit of stupid and crazy because that's the best way to go. I mean, I'm in DC. You think I sit there and I tell them, yeah, I know this. No, I'm like, I don't know anything. Tell me what you know. You know, uh, these <laughs> playing stupid and selling a little crazy allows you to fly under the radar. Just I'm just making that factual statement right there. It does help a lot. It helps a shit ton, right? Because if you come off the bat, oh, I'm this, I'm you're, you lost the game. Now, Roger Stone and that documentary, that's a big deal because that implicates foreign intelligence. And the reason I posted it was to see if I would get a copyright you know, demand, which I did get. I got, uh, I got a copyright demand, which means that it can't be altered. There's case law within the United States that states that if anything has been AI altered, there are no copyright claims. So there's a method to my madness when I do things, and I think people see it later rather than sooner. And um, but you know, they've already uh, created their narrative that they wanted, so they stick to it. Yet, if anyone actually looks at a site that someone created, ToriSaid.com, I haven't been wrong about shit, okay? It may be delayed because that's because I had more of an optimistic view of people actually jumping in and getting shit done and wanting to do things. That's something somebody else learned, you know, post-election fraud, that a lot of people just want shit to get fixed, but they don't want to put the elbow grease in to do it, you know? And that's a big deal. You know, there are people that have been maimed that you don't even know about that are dead, that you don't even know about. You know, people like to, you know, hound me for getting annihilated by a whole state. And I enjoy that. Actually, that's where I see that their intentions are wrong. When they start pounding that AG shit, it's like the AG killed himself because he was indicted. Everything I said about China was correct. Everything I said about the cartels was correct. Everything I said about the human trafficking through there was correct. And yet I'm the bad guy because he created a narrative. I don't understand how it's okay to create a narrative as a bad guy to somebody else, but it's not for me. Oh, because you don't like me. That's because I irritate you because I don't play games. That's the other thing. How many times have big people that you know and some of you respect say you don't play, you're not a team player? And it's like, this isn't a fucking game, and I don't do games. You know, this is a problem that we have too. And people are terrified to even work with me that are in the media because they know they they sidestep or I take whiff of you know interest or whatever I'm going to call it out so you know and I say this don't come to work with me or corroborate with me if you're going to sit there and have squirrely interest because I will put all that shit out there and you will lose because no matter how many feelings are involved 
when it comes to betrayal and visualizing and, and seeing it with your own eyes, well, that's a different game changer. That's one emotion that we haven't targeted. And that was the point of today's space. How do you showcase to people that don't want to see the betrayal that they've had from the institutions that they so wholeheartedly had full trust in? Betrayal is one of those emotions that cannot be um, blind to facts. But you have to amplify that emotion. See, they'll pander the emotion of pain and suffering and the emotion of heartache. And you'll say, what? Kids getting raped or, you know, at, to the point where they have a team to harvest their organs is, is horrible. Yeah, but it's not one that people can relate to because they haven't been through it, right? But when you talk about betrayal, you'll get triggered from that 14-year-old crush you had and be like, yo, I know what betrayal is. Or when your best friend slept with your girlfriend or when your wife cheated on you with the milkman or when, you know, your friend did something to you. That, that emotion is the only one that we haven't been able to trigger in the population. Once that's triggered, it's game over. I mean, it's already starting to happen with our minority groups within the United States where they're like, well, hold on a second. To kids the experiment. They made COVID racist. They're targeting us. I don't trust the government. I need Trump because I can't trust anyone. The betrayal has started to seep in with them, you know, to show that inequality, which is factual, of them being of a lesser citizen than others and that's the way the government used to treat them we all know this and it's not just them we have other migrant groups that are, were targeted in the past in the same way and not just migrant groups even prisoners and there are some people sitting on this space right now that will be like well it's okay if the guy's a criminal we should experiment on them it's really not because if you're making a concession of violating the rights of a human being only because you don't like them you're just as bad as them so that is the main point. How do we amplify the betrayal aspect uh, of our media? Because they have betrayed us for their interests. Of our congressmen, our senators, our local institution, our school boards. You know, betrayal. I, I was blasted by my daughter's former high school when I saw in a group email that they're giving away free car myocarditis tests to children. Right, because a lot of them have myocarditis. And obviously, me being me, I respond to the whole fucking thread and say, well, when I filed for the mask mandate and vax mandate in federal court, and I'm in the Sixth Circuit right now, none of you backed me. You called me crazy. Now you see that they didn't give a shit. They just wanted all your kids fucking vaccinated and just a little myocarditis, which if you have at a young age, your chances of needing a heart transplant by the age of 30 are increased by 120%. But that's okay, right? You didn't back me when I said it, even though I had the facts, even though I had the documentation that proved that they only get money if they enforce these things. So they only enforce them for the money, not for your, you know, benefit. And when I said that, I got lashed back. That's not right. Her son got myocarditis. Too bad. She didn't do her fucking homework. Didn't say it. I just didn't respond. But the thing is, sometimes, you know, I am a little bit not nice. And sometimes I put it out there. But betrayal is what I was pointing out that they were betrayed by the very system that they vested in. So um, I, I believe post-election fraud, you know, obviously, you know, for me is the betrayal of the information sector, that we have been betrayed to have the illusion that there's a left and a right. Um, Dustin, go ahead. So, A, so much, 
to when we talk about election fraud, I think it's critical to talk about right, stay factual and stay on point and continue to do all the investigative work like you've done, Tor, like Millie's done, like so many of us have done behind the scenes that people are never really like familiar with, right? Like the meetings, the research, the sharing of research, the discussing. Because the the conspiracy isn't a theory, but it is immensely complex on purpose. And the parts that I like to focus on that I push people to are a lot of what we're still dealing with, which is the way in which our political apparatus is sabotaged by government officials, by intelligence agencies, and certainly by the media, and by plants within the movement who are either unwittingly like working to subvert our ability to you know, practice politics, um, or they're active participants. And sometimes it's hard. We get caught up on wondering whether or not somebody is doing it intentionally or they're just being used. And frankly, it really doesn't matter which way they fall on, right? So, so what happens in these movements, right, the playbook, is they find divisive characters, right? They, they search out the Ali Akbars, who they know have such fragile egos that they have to be put front and center, right? They prop them up with money and media attention and credit. They surround them with other influencers who prop them up. And knowing that those people inevitably can't sustain a movement because they don't have the leadership qualities. And it's just really important for us as we move forward to judge people based on what's real. Because those people, the Ali's, to a lesser extent, Roger, right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what they do is they spread rumors about everybody else. And it's just like when we deal with the Democrats, right? What we deal with is that they accuse everybody else of being exactly what they are. And so it, it, I, I start every day praying for discernment. I end every day praying for discernment because really it's that discernment between who's actually on our team, who actually cares about freedom, who actually right is looking out for the best interests of the country versus the people who are trying to prop themselves up using politics. And it's, it's an incredibly frustrating space to be in when you know a lot of the information about what's actually happening and then watching it, the ways in which uh, the wrong people are often accused of exactly what the bad actors are doing. Did that make no, sense? No, it does. Or was and, I just and, rambling? And, you know, and just to finish off, just so people know, I wasn't. I, I, I simply admire Roger Stone. I loathe his methods. And, you know, the fact that I did that was to expose the foreign interference that we've had in our election process. All of these people at J6 can't even fucking win a case because they're all working on the premise of the narrative that was set by the media, not the actual factual happenings of J6. This is why they can't win. And the faster people realize it, the faster we get to a solution. We have people suffering in jail right now, right, for simply doing what they thought was best to save their country, to stand and protest. And that's because... It was the very side that claims they want freedom that pushed the misinformation of what exactly happened. We've already discovered it. Well, this is why we're in D.C. 
right? This is why I'm here. On my dime, the rumbles I make, that's how I fund myself. End of story, right? That's the way it is. And, you know, people don't seem to understand that. The whole story of J6 was orchestrated. You know, someone mentioned Nancy Pelosi. Don't want to get into the, when, when I have the J6 thing, it'll be when I premiere, right? What actually happened with facts, with body cam footage that I have had in my possession from the day it happened. I'll tell you, January 7th, I said, let's start with this person. And I was in a room with people that I cared for and, and I love. And I was like, this, this is where we start. Why this? Just trust me, it's this part. And it all went down December 28th. That's when they deployed it. I know that for a fact. Now we got to fill in the blank. No one listened. Instead, we went with the whatever narrative, Dustin, they gave us. You were there. You know it. You know that it wasn't the well, way it is. I no, no, and, and it's funny because a lot of these right narratives that have continued around the Sullivan brothers, around Pelosi, but not Nancy. Right? There, there, there was another Pelosi cap uh, present at the Capitol that day, uh, film crews in hand, and really, I think right. Well, I'm so excited, and I, I, I just want to point people out when the narratives have diverged this wildly so on j6 especially right we have the official narrative which every media outlet for years had a beat reporter who did nothing but try to reinforce that narrative right so and it, the it literally Let's was stick to the timeline because that's key I, I i called that out on day one you remember that like oh mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it, these timestamps don't seem to match yeah. that's and odd. it was people on the but, right that did it like Elijah Schaefer reinforced the left wing and the propaganda media's timelines. He literally did. So, 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 so I want people just to understand though, when you have divergent realities, which is there's the reality, the shit that actually happened, right? Which every media outlet in the country has spent literally every day for years. Cause right. Uh, we have Google alerts for our names and for, the organizations that we were part multiple stories a day from every outlet, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, you pick one. They did J six narrative enforcement every day for years. Now this becomes problematic when you're sitting on the reality, right? Which is there is a reality that has been enforced to people who don't know any better. And then there's what actually happened. And figuring out how to bridge that is a very tricky process. Um, and so I, I, I appreciate uh, all you do, Tor, and I appreciate your I, – I know the process you're going through as far as getting the truth out to people. It's not, it's not as easy as it sounds to people. Oh, just tell people the truth. If the, there's divergent realities, you have to do it cautiously and you have to do it in a way – that doesn't divide people outside and you just get labeled a crazy person who doesn't make it. No, I understand that, Dustin. I mean, you know, when, when uh, I sat down with a couple of attorneys for J6, I'm like, the only reason you're losing is because you're going with what you're being told was what happened. That's not what happened, right? <laughs> Both sides reinforced each other, which is even crazier, yeah? You know, um, you know, a lot of people think that Antifa was there. Oh, well, we spotted them. Yeah, what? You spotted the CIA? Oh, look, they had helmets. That was all media. I ran into someone here in D.C. 
um, yesterday, actually, right by the DOJ and um, NPR, actually, and uh, ran into them going to the bathroom, believe it or not. And I was like, so are you following me for a story or are you just here too? And, ah, ha, 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 ha. and I was like, you know, it's not funny because you were plastered on the wall as being Antifa, right? When you know your media, why didn't your channel come out and say it was you? And they looked at me and I was like, don't worry, I'll tell the world, no matter how crazy it is, because I got you taking your fucking helmet off. And I already know. You know, these are the things that people don't see, right? They don't see past whatever narrative they've accepted from both sides. Both sides have helped each other with that narrative and they've just pushed it and pushed it. While all of that was going on, I was in my hotel room texting with people that were with Congress being ushered through, you know, tunnels and shit, right? I knew what was going on on the back end. No one seems to see what an orchestration means. This is all a freaking show. And when you pull the actors and the scripts away and you get to the nitty gritty, That'll drive you insane. You'll be like, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? And it's like, you didn't miss it. You just accepted what was being told to you because that's the way you've been conditioned to do. And that's the problem. Post-election fraud. Let's talk about how everyone now is talking about the Philippines. How many times did I talk about the fucking Philippines? And that really rich lady, I actually did a whole fucking podcast on her talking about it. So now we're going to talk about how we're rigging elections overseas. So we're back to what I said was the point we should have focused on, is to expose the fact that we have classified these election machines as weapons of mass destruction, which I hate that someone took that and tried to revamp it as a way to stop things, right? That made me sick to my stomach, but it is actually used as a weapon. These machines are actually used as a weapon in other countries, right? This is how we topple regimes. This is how we make sure that everyone plays right. And then you're going to say, who's we? Here's the deal. We all know at the top sits the UN. But then you're going to be like, well, who runs the UN? Well, that's the battle that you're having right now. It's the nations that are trying to take the biggest seat at the table. And we are failing hardcore. Who pushed the vaccine? The who? Who? Where did the vaccine or where did this virus come from? China. Who's deploying blue helmets in Africa now that there's instability there because they're refusing everything they're doing? The fucking Chinese. When did you ever hear that the Chinese are fucking peacekeepers? Oh, it's normal. Let's just all play normal, right? We're not paying attention. We're not taking that step back. We're so far into the woods that all we see is trees. And we're not looking at the size of the forest to see that it's just a forest enclosed in a fence. We're all penned in in this fabric of society that they weave. And if you step outside of it, you're either labeled crazy or whatever. I mean, the New York Times will never, ever call me a QAnon influencer after court. But other papers think that they have the right to do so. They're lucky that I'm spread thin on court suits because I would be slapping them with that Supreme Court suit every step of the way for anybody trying to say shit like that about me, right? Because there's nothing that people can say that I put out there that was factually wrong. No one. I had, I had showed that they had unmasked Flynn before you know, that was even revealed to the public. I had dropped Hunter Biden's emails before anybody even knew the laptop existed, you know, in the, in the media, right? And, and yet people don't want to see that. They want to focus on, you know, petty shit, right? Or the fact that, Dustin, your guys' movement of, you know, uh, marching to make sure that these elections are not dictated by media, you know, months before the elections and everything was hijacked 
Nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to cover their asses because there were big influencers involved in that whole hijack, right? They all want to create, oh, you're the enemy, you're the enemy, all this fucking infighting rather than step back and say, all right, we all fucked up. All right, we all fucked up. Let's all agree we all fucked up. Now let's just put it aside, okay? We all fucked up and let's sit down. You know, these are these are the things that should be happening right now to rectify the issues that we should sit back and say we all fucked up, right? I got carried away. We all fucked up. Let's all just put this all out there. But instead, everyone's waiting for some massive influencer that they all fight for and they all are thirsty to take a picture with, right? To 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 say that they 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 brought it home. Like you know, when I saw. Patrick Byrne talk about the Philippines. I was like, damn, you and me had that conversation in 2020. Why are we having this conversation now? Why is it now? And that's the question that everyone should be asking. Why now? Why is the conversation of the border being had now when we already knew what the problem was, right? Why is the election fraud in other countries a conversation now and not when it was necessary to be had? Why is the conversation about Bob Menendez, for example? How many times did I talk about Bob Menendez? Bob Menendez that, that, that had been relentlessly targeting any Trump appointee. Bob Menendez that, that hung with the, the Epsteins and the Wexners, you know, and has questionable little girls around him. Bob Menendez that has Africans opening up accounts, getting passports and St. kits to open up, you know, Cayman accounts so he can funnel money. Bob Menendez that for, again almost deja vu is being done in for bribery charges and like the fed said he's been under investigation for a long time could this be a threat that he's not sitting on the right side or could it be that someone's actually taking him down there's a lot of things going on in the background that people don't seem to be paying attention to and that's because we're too busy falling into these pockets post-election fraud what we should understand is that none of the media are a friend don't even listen to me turn me the fuck off too Right. Focus on yourself and your community and the people around you that you see. And suddenly everything makes sense. You know, talk to the people in your community and ask them about their gas prices and how, you know, $50 gets them milk, you know, a bread and, and maybe some toiletries. Like, can you buy cleaning supplies? No, you make that shit extent because those are expensive. You know, simple things, you know, that we can all have discussions on. That's where it should start. Post-election, we should say none of them are our friends. We're congested with myths and disinformation, and it's unacceptable. Yet, you know, there's a lot of people trying to catch on to that fucking 2018 high that's driving me insane, though. Um, and, and, and that, for me, is, is, is a problem. It's, 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 it's a really big problem. Um, oh, I had someone on that was waiting, but I think they dropped off. Uh, Pablo, um, you've been waiting. Please go ahead. Hey there, Tori. How's it going? Um, yeah, I, I jumped on a little late and was just trying to listen in and to see what the exact subject matter was. Uh, very good, by the way. Um, it's it's all over the place with this crap. I mean, with um, and and it, the the whole when this all started with the groups going on on Telegram and America's First Audit and all that drama went down. Um, it seemed like every other week there was a there was some sort of feud or fight or between this camp and that camp and right away I was like no I'm not listening to the, any of this shit putting my head down and just focusing on what we're doing and just going over some of the groups that I, that I have you know and and just people talking 
about this stuff nonstop. And this is, this is early on. It's not as bad now, but early on, you know, the, the amount of hours that were wasted, uh, the w- amount of work hours, I look at it as work hours wasted on people. Well, Jovan said this and blah, blah, blah. it's like, dude, do you know these people um, personally? No. Okay. Uh, what, what does this have to do with your city or your state or your county? Nothing. Okay, cool. Uh, what is this going to accomplish? I mean, it's just stupid, but it kept happening over and over and over and over again. Um, it, it's thinned out. It's not as bad as it was before. But um, these people that are starting these these little fights and bitching about prayers and whatever, whatever the, the subject matter is, 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 is just total, total horseshit. And, but every time that happens, it, it takes away... Uh, even for people that are doing actual work, it takes, well, I mean, the good people who are doing actual work are still, they know better not to get distracted, but for the people who, you know, should be doing more than they are, it, it takes away hours and hours and hours per week, you know, it's going over stupid shit. And then it causes division between people that you don't even know personally. So it's, I don't get it. But um, one thing I wanted to bring out is kind of off subject, but um, is the, push the total push right now um, from the GOP establishment and others um, to early vote and bank your fucking vote, which is just so frustrating. These people who have millions and millions of followers are just pushing this and pushing this. And we tried calling them out. Actually, um, <clears throat> Pressler, Pressler agreed to have a space, um, you know, uh, a debate, actually on um, why he's pushing it and why he shouldn't be pushing it. And we've been trying to do this for months and he finally agreed. Well, let me say something. Uh, Can yeah, I just say something? So there, yeah, yeah, I yeah, just sure. want to say something. So this is not attacking who you were yesterday. doesn't mean who you are today, but your actions demonstrate that you still come from the source. So there was a, it was a while back. I'm talking like 2014 ish, right. That I stumbled upon a site um, that was called like uh, something stars or, light something stars i don't remember and i had connected that because it was uh ali akbar had come back on the scene and i was just paying attention and i noticed he was working with a guy named daniel bostick his dad was the attorney for this illuminating or something like that uh company that had models part of those models that they were showcasing were scott pressler lauren bobert tommy laren and and um candace owens so they were part of that there are videos that i can show you from 2014, 2013, where they're pushing the leftist girl power thing and they're, you know, modeling, literally modeling, right? And this agency actually comes from a Mossad company. And I'm not just, I'm not saying they're Mossad. I'm just pointing out the intelligence division that I pointed out in Enjoy the Show is to show you that the CIA uses the CAA. They're one in the same. Hollywood is how they distract the world. What makes you think that other intelligence agencies around the world are not doing the same fucking thing? It's like, do you think that we're the only ones that do that? No, there are so many more people that do that. So, you know, if you know, not to knock the boy, right? Because he could have been, and maybe not. But you know, I don't know, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they all come from a source and then they spring up and they become these big personalities, you know, and then you just they come out of nowhere. Right. And you're just like, wait, what happened? He did great work, cleanups, this hard work, but it could all be all the decoy. That's my point. My point is the enemy is never going to come to you and say, hey, I'm here to fuck you. Right. I'm here to take over your nation 
screw you over and enslave you to the United Nations. No, they're not going to say it. We're like, yeah, let's get to work. Oh, poo. It didn't work out, did it? It's okay. We must have missed something. They know what we missed. They're the ones that are guiding which way and whatnot. I mean, think about it. Why didn't everyone just go after the certification of the machines in 2020? That would have been a hole in one. Yes? No? I mean, that's against the Congressionally Passed Act. Why don't we focus on that? Oh, because we can't make money and create 501c3s and create the ruckus so we can wake up the rest of the world. That's, that's why. We have to do it this way because that's how we wake them up. No. No. That's not how you do it because that's how you prolong your next move. But in, in, an, in, in a sense, I have to say, in, like someone else said, I'm kind of grateful for everything that happened. The pandemic, you know, showed where people sat. The, the, the election fraud showed where people sat and showed the complacency. You know, no one talks about the insanity of people beating each other up at bath and bed and beyond for not wearing a mask that we all know doesn't work. You know, the fact that, you know, I had family members sit across from me at a restaurant in New York and say, aren't you glad everyone's vaccinated and we can be safe? And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I paid for your Oxford education. Like, how is this happening? You know, this is this is the insanity, you know, that we had to deal with because then we realize where they are and where we need to meet them. And, you know, to to be flat straight with you, the minorities and the immigrants are the smartest one. And it's unfortunate that most of our immigrants can't vote because they get it. Um, Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, so this gets to judging people based on what they actually are leading to people to do and beyond what their words are. So, right. Like I, and I've been noticing this more and more, this really gets to the whole like Q stuff that we, we hashed out like in a way that seemed brutal to a lot of people, but I think was important. Uh, there are plans that lead people to nowhere, right? It, it, it's like donating to a Senate candidate in California now, listen, if you want to do that, I get it. But, like, we're not getting anybody through in California. So, right, like, making sure I, – I see people all the time leading people to places where there aren't real victories optional. I'll say this, but I, I, I do want to defend Scott Pressler just a little bit. Oh, I'm not I, dogging I've been, you. You heard me. I'm not dogging No, no, no. I, I, but but, but I, I wanted to expound just because in my observations – Scott leads people to somewhere where they can do something that's tangible at the local level. So, right, I've known Scott for many years. He encourages people to get involved in their yes, local he GOP. He, encur- he encourages them to do door knocking. And I've seen that the people that Scott, like people who follow Scott or listen to Scott and like take his directives, end up doing things that are tangibly better than if they hadn't done anything at all. And so, so to me, right, I try to make sure that I judge people based on, okay, is this person just steering people to somewhere where they talk in circles and nothing ever gets done? Or is Scott training an army of volunteers? And it, 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 the difference is this. And I had this discussion. I met with Scott in New Orleans like a month ago, a couple months ago, and he was frustrated for the same thing we're frustrated with, which is uh, all these people were attacking him because and, and, and putting out, oh, I registered 8,000 voters this weekend. Scott, having like gone to the gun shows, having gone to college campuses, 
right? Literally, Scott just travels around registering voters. And a good weekend for him is registering 20 to 30 people, right? It, the, the, the real work is not something that, that has big, sexy numbers. It's a grind. And his frustration is all these people put unrealistic expectations out into the space because they're raising money. Scott's not asking people for money, but he puts out the real numbers. I, I helped register 25 people this weekend. I helped register 15 people this weekend, right? The actual work of finding new people to register is a grind. So I just wanted to throw that out there with Scott in particular. Um, I, it, it's not that I agree with everything he says, but I, I have noticed over the course of the last four years or so that people, if, if, if people are following Scott, Scott generally leads them to doing something that actually has a tangible. Dustin, I couldn't agree with you more. The cleanups were fantastic. Now, the door knocking and the registration is another thing. There's tangible actions. But again, you know, for me, um, you know, kind of the way people approach me, hey, you work for the deep state. Yeah, so deep, you don't even know the names of most of these people. And I agree. And I own that shit. Yes, I come from the swamp. I know the swamp. This is why I'm, I can speak swamp. And I'm pointing out little clues for me, uh, you know, of the things that happen. Like, you know, even the Bobert incident with her boob getting caught. Damn. You know, I know that, you know, shit. There's probably going to be photos of me doing that. that. That felt all staged, by the way. I'm just saying. Right? But on the other hand, you know, there's little things that you see. Like in Colorado, none of the elections were you know adjudicated correctly but hers was and they found the vote she needed to maintain an office and and this was a great way for her to get back into the media circle and get talked about again you know these are i speak swamp so i, I when i speak to things i speak to things from my experiences my knowledge and what i know right and what i've seen played as an mo before again circling back to the post-election fraud you know, we discussed how we've been doing this in other nations back in 2020. Why is it now a topic of conversation with Smartmatic? I clearly said I even wrote an article about this shit of how, you know, you know, hey, they didn't feel comfortable. So instead, they're going to be building these machines in Taiwan rather than China because the Chinese were taking over. Right. These are all the things that people don't pay attention to. They don't read and they don't look at history. And we're right where we started. And it's 2023 and we're supposed to be heading into elections and the machines are still there and everyone's pretending to do something. Why? Because they want to get reelected. They want to be at least on the ballot or at least on a local level that you get them on the ticket. So they will do anything and shill for you for, you know, whatever. But there are people that I work with within Congress and the Senate that people don't know that are actually working hard and their campaign for re-election is the back burner. That's not their concern. Their concern is rectifying things. And one might say you need to point them out. No, I won't because they also have to toe the line to make it look like they're part of the club. It's a, it's a good old boys club. I, I, you know, you're, it's a club and you're not in it. Right. And, and that's the way it is. And they will cover for you. And again, I'd like to make another point. You know, the whole um, guy who came on here to talk about that guy, Michael Curry, that I can't stand. He's, he's just, he's, he's riding a wave, right? I, the report was factually based on 10 years of research from a consortium of journalists, right? And he took full credit without giving full attribution. And that's the actual problem that I have. 
that when people don't provide attribution, so then I bring this to you. How did the J6 committee provide to you evidence of guilt of people without attributing the content that they were referring to? And you're going to say, what? Look at the content that they use to prosecute and to come to their conclusion. Why is there no attribution as to who, who's, which journalist or which person they got that information from? And that right there tells you everything. When you see your CAA assets, your federal employees take sabbaticals, they're technically not employees, right? So they can work as anything. So why would someone in Hollywood that's Gaga's bestie, you know, run under, I don't know, German press credentials to be a J6? Oh, go figure. Another fucking dossier right there. We have foreign interference, and this is why the executive order is key. And while many say, oh, that shows that President Trump is in control, well, I'll tell you this. What if it is that Biden's worried that foreign intelligence is going to assist uh, in, in liberating the United States? Because if you think that we're free, you're really not paying attention. Um, uh, Spirit, um, you're here. Go ahead. Hi, thank you, Tori. Um, first, I wanted to ask you, did you ever find the voting machine you were looking for, the old one with the levers? It's at the Henry Ford Museum. It's almost as if talking to a wall. I've been going around in circles to see how I can borrow it um, outside. Well, of we vote on them. We vote on them only for mayor in Snow Hill, Maryland. And you have them? I, I know them. There, we only vote on them in for mayor. Yes, we have them um, where we register to vote. Um, There's like four of them, and like I said, we only use them to vote for mayor. Okay, would so you DM if me um, how I can contact you because that's that's key. You know, when we when we provide alternate solutions to voting, we should have multiple, not just one. And that is one of the most effective ones that we can use, where the counting ends with the last cast of the vote and there's less human interference in, um, may make people feel comfortable, even though I don't see, you know, I, and I take this back to, to, to my initial argument and why I had run, you know, the GOP, right? It's your friend, you guys. This is how, this is why I don't like people that push the GOP um, a lot. Well, in my state of Ohio, there's a law that says that you can observe the counting of the votes. Then how come none of these fuckers like Jim Jordan or whatever that run, right, have ever asked to observe the counting of the vote? How come none of these GOP people have ever come out and said, I want to observe the counting of the vote in the black box? Let me see. How come none of them have done that when the law says that they can? And then they tell you they're your friend. Then they tell you that they will fight for you. And then you believe them even at the core of it when they can expose it. But um, please DM me. I just followed you back on Twitter so it's a, so you don't get lost in like this big barrage of messages. I would love um, to see if I can request your county um, or your city yes, to, I will. And I'll, to either bring in... I'll give you my mayor's... I'll give you my mayor's name and um, he's real close to the family, so... You can use my name. Please, thank you. And um, he used to be vice principal at my kid's school. So um, he's, he's, he's a good guy, but then again, we, we never know. The other thing I wanted to say was about these 5013Cs. I hate them. 
Um, I've, we all have to be very, very careful because they're either totally evil or they've made a promise to the government not to speak of different things or there, there's always some kind of promise there. You don't get anything for free. And that 5013C is giving people something for free. Well, we're the consumer being consumed, right? I mean, they need us. Exactly. But, you know, for some reason, we think we need them. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, just DM me on Twitter. I just followed you back. Um, so that way, either I can get an engineer there, or if they could let us borrow one, um, we can arrange uh, getting that done. Because I think, you know, a lot of us don't want the machines, but then they sit and argue about efficiency, even though the computers can't give us our elections for weeks, <laughs> apparently. Um, maybe we can yeah. kill that argument in the middle and say, why are we trying to be efficient on something that happens once a year? We should be accurate. Um, and how people are too dumb to count things. And I think this would eliminate ballot fraud, too. And we could just uh, kind of maybe increase the security in providing receipts, too. So thank you. Um, Dustin, go ahead. Well, so I, I, I do want to say on the um, general election stuff, how hard is it to count? So, so right, they're, they're, we've allowed them to overcomplicate this thing in a way. And one of my rules of life is if something is more complicated than it needs to be, it's because somebody's trying to get away with something. And that rule has been so effective for me over the years, which is people complicate stuff when they want to try to pull something off and get away with it. But technology does help us solve a lot of this stuff. So I, I, I like to offer a little bit of the white pill, a little bit of the hope and optimism, like for real, is that I believe a lot of these systems that they created, blockchain, AI, large language models, were created is specifically to control us, but they inadvertently created the tools that we can use to end their levels of corruption. And so I want to give people just a couple quick examples of things that like I've got my teams working on that I think you'll love Tori. Uh, we have uh, one team who's working on a narrow scope large language model that's tied to the congressional API that automatically evaluates legislation as soon as it's proposed um, based on conflicts with the Constitution, financial conflicts of in interest, and uh, those are the just the only two functions that we're currently working on, although we hope to expand that out. So as soon as a piece of legislation is introduced, uh, we get this we'll get this report back, and then the American Mission and Policy Analyst team is able to catch it. Now, where this comes into play is when we fought against the Restrict Act and killed that bill in committee. That was a crazy uphill battle because John Thune and Mark Warner had already rounded up nearly 30 senator co-sponsors to that piece of legislation. So, like, right, they were already further along than we thought they were. The Digital Platform Commissions Act, however, we caught that when it had only two senators who were on it, Senator Michael Bennett, Colorado, and Senator Welch, who I think he's in Vermont or something, I don't know, he's a backbencher. But there's only two of them, right? And why this is so critical is that it's much easier to defeat legislation when there's two co-sponsors than when there's 30 that include all the like most senior members of the Senate. 
They are not expecting us to be able to cut through their bullshit, uh, right? The whole reason our legislation is written the way it is goes back to that rule that I started with. If something is more complicated than it needs to be, it's because somebody is trying to get away with something. And so uh, using these tools, using this technology, uh, it goes back to one of my favorite like religious sayings, which is uh, the weapons that were created for evil will be used for good. And I, I think we're going to see that happen uh, in the coming like the, the, the coming future, which is these new technologies, if we are able to prevent them from monopolizing us out of them, right? And the way we need to think about AI and large language models and blockchain is not in a, oh my God, what if they turn into giant robots, right? The Terminator scenario, the, the, more, the more immediate threat is that they use the Terminator scenario to scare people into accepting the fact that only a small group of people are allowed access to the technologies and the people who have access to the technologies are then have a, a vastly superior position within the market and within society. And so I think we need to look at it like the Second Amendment, which is some of these these new technologies are such powerful forces, right, that they cannot be monopolized in the hands of the government or any single entity. And so we need to think of it kind of in a second amendment kind of like mindset. That's interesting, Dustin, because um, we're actually in the middle of, uh, there's a bunch of really good people working right now um, where we're creating an AI that will allow us to not find the bills, but to actually find all the information that's open source to be introduced as part of the new open source uh, department uh, we should have a Department of Open Source, um, you know, security, I would say, intelligence officials that look at open source because a lot of these things are done out in the open. I mean, overt operations are usually the kiss of life to anything you want to do. And um, considering that anything in regards to a plan to deploy, either that be for the benefit or the demise of mankind or rights or inalienable rights, right, um, is usually done using both methods, covert and overt. And we overlook the overt operations a lot, which is uh, which is kind of astounding. So um, you're right. We should be using AI. Everyone should be, you know, those that understand it and create, you know, they can create stackable AIs to assist, you know, in in um, deriving information more accurately because that's the problem. I don't know if any of you have been to FOIA.gov, but if you search something, they use a Bing search engine, and we all know how those work, right? You can mark things to be shown. I was actually at the... Uh, National Archives um, just this week and I had someone from Congress come down and I asked for a transcript uh, that was highly specific to a hearing and he started using Google and I kind of just looked at him and I was like so they brought you down here to assist me to use Google he's like well maybe it didn't happen and I was like that's funny because I was physically there and he looked at me he's like oh maybe it's sealed and that's a problem because it's over 20 years old why would it be sealed and so, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's really important that we have information. And you're right. A lot of people don't see what's being put in these bills. A lot of people are not paying attention. And post-elections, you know, the only thing we should be focusing on is getting rid of these fucking machines. Like, I can't say it any more, any harder. We can focus on the corruption of this and that. But, you know, Friday was pretty fire. We got McGonagall indicted, right? We got Bob Menendez, you know, who likes young women and a lot of money and sells passports at St. Kitts, you know, to the highest bidder. Right, you know. I, oh shit! Sounds like Tori yeah, might no, be in the subway. I yeah, I got a call. Sorry about that. Am I good? Yep, okay. you're back. Yeah, um, that's that's the only thing, you know, that we're we we all should be looking at that. And when I saw that AI is going to be given to just a few people, it's like I don't give a shit how much you like someone. No one should have full control of technology. They're going to outlaw the ability for us to create our own AIs and to create our own blockchains and minimize the market. I mean, we're seeing it happening right now before our eyes. We should be the ones saying, well, hold on a second. No, 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 no. What do you mean the technology is only for a few? Oh, we're just going to trust the really big people. Uh, no, because th th that's not okay. We should have access to that too. It's like saying, oh, those books are only for them. They get to have the full knowledge. You just get this common core map. You know, it's not okay. Um, but again, this is all done with elections because you have people within your own Congress, your own Senate that you think are your friends that are pushing the idea of sequestering technology into the hands of the few. And again, they are few and we are many. So the point is, how do we get people active? People just see it as a big mountain and they're like, dude, I don't climb mountains. I can't. And it's like, no one asks you to climb a mountain. Just give water to someone that's mountain climbing for you. You know, no one asked you to go and, and put and plant the flag at the top. Just go as far as you can and maybe stop in the middle and do a cookout for the rest of the people that can go. We should be all working together. And that's the concern that I have is that we have a lot of people pitting camps, you know. Um, Post-election fraud, and, and I wanted to end it with this because President Trump's going to be on soon. Um, I want everyone to um, kind of think, you know, the cases in Georgia were separated and Sidney Powell goes first. I want to hear from like just uh, just a couple of people. Just this, just this portion of it, just this topic. Why? What do you think is going to happen with Sydney's side? That's what I want to hear. Dustin, you go ahead first. So I, Sydney Powell is, I think, going to surprise a lot of people. She's somebody who thoroughly researches, and I'm I'm, I'm actually pretty confident that Sidney Powell is going to, this, this court has bit off more than they can chew and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like, uh, I, I have taken a lot of heat over the years because I've known Sidney Powell since she first was a whistleblower. I helped her market her book back in the day. She was part of my group at Trump's inauguration. Uh, I believe her to be a, a real actor, somebody that like I actually have confidence in. And so I, I think she's going to lay some freaking wood and so surprise some people. I'm looking forward to it. She, she, thank you, Dustin, because I'm like of the same thing. You know, I remember when she told me about my affidavit, she was like, stick to what we can pull out from open records. Don't delve into deep and just put it out there. That's all I want is exactly what you have to say. She was very thorough. And for people to discredit her, you know, or talk shit is a problem. And that's why I'm against people talking shit about Lynn Wood. Because you're going to look stupid in the end. 
right? You're saying that he's a rat. How do you know? He was subpoenaed. Do you guys have any idea how many cases I've been subpoenaed on on behalf of the opposing party to other people that are fighting for our country? Tons of them. Tons of them. I was called to subpoena against, you know, even Matt Couch. They subpoenaed me to go there. I didn't fucking do it. I was like, I don't have anything. Bye. You know, these this happens all the time. So this is why I was like, you know, Sidney Powell will surprise you. You know, she's a very thorough person. She's very smart, right? And she's going to bring it home, not the people you thought. That's that's my point. Doc, what are your thoughts on that? I love Sydney. Uh, we've been in each other's DMs for about a year now. And uh, I support her a thousand percent. I support yours and Dustin's perception of her professionalism and competence. Um, and, and yeah, her, her case alone can blow up the conspiracy part. And blow up the Rico part. I mean, one case can destroy that that entire house of cards. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad that people wore their titles and tiaras and started piss all over her in a way, even though she didn't deserve it. You know, calling her a crook and other things it, because it, it, it was just the Kraken thing. I think that that uh, you know, to the extent that that was a thing, and that's something that she uh, referred to. I think that's the 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 angle that people have taken that's diminished her in the public light, unfortunately. And that's okay. I mean, they take a lot of things and diminish. Doc, you, have you ever read my affidavit that I did in 2020? No, I can't, I can't say okay. that I did. Okay, if you actually do, there is not one thing except for my name and date of birth and what I say I did, which is my personal stuff, that you can, that you can say, oh, I don't believe this. Right. I don't believe that's her name or I don't believe that's her date of birth. But everything in there is cited in source. So why why was I I, I told that I was inaccurate? And see, I like that, too, because no one will see it coming because they've trashed it. That's my point on that one. No one will see her coming because they trashed her. And the fact that yeah. she was separated from President Trump's, you know, rest of the group was what the fantastic maneuver was here. Um, because with her team, I had extensive conversations about Raffensburg and Kemp from 2016. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, uh, you can't. I, I was in a room with a friend of mine. Most of you probably, a lot of you will know him. His, his name is Ben Zev. He's an attorney. He's 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 a liberal. We've been brought up on Mario's panels and other places to, to debate with each other because our political philosophies are, you know, uh, on opposite sides of the bench. But uh, on on this question, on these issues. You know, we we sort of agree. And so in that room last night, I was basically chastising everyone who had decided or pre-decided these cases, all these four indictments, including Georgia, without having heard from the defense, without having a defense be put on. And and, and it's just stupid. It just lays them open, um, you know, as as prejudging the case, which, of course, most of them already have. Yeah, they have. And that's what's fantastic. But again, it hurts our our camp, the camp of pro-freedom, pro-America, when we're trashing the people that come in, you know, when they're subpoenaed in cases. We shouldn't be trashing them because they could have the smoking gun for a lot of things, which may in turn also hurt a lot of people that we thought were just playing for us. And I believe that's where this perception so you so you think you think Lynn Wood is uh, escaped the indictment and and is still going to be supportive, uh, not supportive of Trump necessarily, but supportive of the notion that the, the election fraud in Georgia was was a, a valid claim. 
Well, I believe that, you know, he lived in Georgia, and it's not the first rodeo of election fraud. And I believe that by, you know, leaving him on the side and what he's been through mentally as a person, right, um, is a big deal. I think he, you know, being one of the best defamation lawyers in U.S. history, to be defamed by others, you know, and he's allowing it. Because he's not the type of person that will sit back and allow it. I mean, yeah, he may seem wounded to people, but he's really not. And, you know, I've said this before. Selling stupid and selling crazy gives you the best fucking camouflage sometimes you ever need. And, you know, and just just not responding, too. Like Sydney, she doesn't respond, but she is one million percent there. And yeah. it was Sydney that stopped the whole crazy... Oops, sorry, I muted everyone by accident. Um, it was Sydney that stopped the whole let's bring the military on um, when that was proposed. You know, it wasn't her only. It was, you know, um, Pat and, and, and Rudy that also said it, but she wasn't for the military taking over. And that was important because everyone would have been in jail if that happened. And well, I, people don't I think they, see that. Yeah, I think the, the insurrection uh, claim uh, I, I would have supported Trump, you know, going in and seizing the, uh, uh, the voting machines and the records in Georgia under the Insurrection Act. Um, yeah, but he didn't have to. That's the point. He could have just went to Alaska. It was on a, a federal base. He could have just walked in there. It was the only voting machines we have on federal military grounds, you know, and who's to say that he didn't? Right? Nobody yeah, knows. yeah. No, I, I, I'm just trying to distinguish between calling for a military intervention versus calling under the Insurrection Act to go in and seize uh, the machines, whether they be in in, uh, in in. It was it was a bad time to do that because we had a very polarized America with this whole racial disparity, right? That has tanked in front of their eyes, right? No one's buying that bullshit anymore, right? And, uh, you know, our minorities are starting to see that they're just pawns. And, you know, they're even questioning how come it's white people with weird hair. You know, and here's a fun fact. Did you know that most poisonous animals on the planet have bright colored features like blue, yellow and orange and weird colors? You know why they have that? To show the poison. So most of those people that you see pandering to them are showing you just how poisonous they really are with their loud hair and you know remarks they they lost that plot now so it was a dangerous time because i think that if the insurrection act would have been invoked at that time we could have had some really really robust you know in you know we would have had bloodshed like legit bloodshed um yeah. because of uh, what they I, did with george floyd yeah no i i, I get all that i just said just a matter of laws one one thing that uh I think was open to Trump, but I, I agree that it was probably wise not to do it. And and if you start going down a Q rabbit hole and you can say, well, then Trump did this intentionally, you know, for over the last three years to show just how deep the deep state was. And there, there's, there's something to be said about that, but, but uh, that's as far as I go down the, those rabbit holes. Yeah. Well, predictive analytics is a real thing. I mean, you know, nobody questions how, Oh, the Simpsons are so accurate. Have you ever seen their writers panel? They were all math nerds. None of them were creative. They're all time travelers. They're time <laughs> yeah, travelers. They're, that's what it's called. Quantum predictive analytics is called time travel, you know, and people like to say, Oh, she claims she's a time traveler. And it's like, that's how dumb you are. Cause you don't understand 
information technology of this age. But, but yeah, I think we're going to be very surprised with what Sidney Powell has to provide to us. And, and, and this is why I was so angry when I saw people, you know, just not just stay out of it. Don't say anything. Let things simmer for a bit. You know, don't respond. And yet there they did, which killed their own persona. Because people are going to ask questions. Hey, didn't you say that that person was a rat? Oh, I made a mistake. Well, I can't trust you, you know, because you told me that. And, and that's the problem. Um, Dustin, go ahead. So, so Tor, I just I know you're, you're going to wrap soon. Uh, I threw a meme up. I appreciate you sharing it up on the top. We did get the CBDC, the Council on Blockchain Decentralization and Currency launched, our token launched. We took we, we suffered some attacks, nothing that surprised us, right? Like, uh, as I thought and predicted, they would run it up and bring it back down so everybody would accuse us of being a scam or somehow it wasn't real. We've leveled out, and I wanted to just, it's a civic engagement token. And to showcase this, if you guys respond, if you have any CBDC, central bank digital currency related content, videos from the World Economic Forum, uh, anybody who shares anything that goes into like our content folder that we'll share, I'm going to give a billion of the tokens to. Listen, that's like five bucks. It's not. Ooh, I want a billion tokens, five bucks. Hey, I still have that Bitcoin I bought years and years ago for five dollars, and I don't know where that damn hard drive is. Oh well, we we better track that thing down. Could be big bucks. Big bucks. It is big bucks now. <laughs> but because you you bought Bitcoin for nothing, you know, back in two thousand. I think it was like maybe two thousand eight before it's stateside or two thousand nine. Um, oh, well, five bucks. It's definitely it. big bucks. I know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe my but, kids will find it after I'm dead. I, I listen. That that is the beauty of this stuff. Like sometimes I bought. I bought. I'll, I'll admit. I bought in like twenty eleven my first Bitcoin. I sold it at 500 and I've never forgiven myself for not keeping a moon bag, right? If I just held on to like 10 or 15 of those stupid things, I'd be in a way different position now, I got to tell you. But uh, anyway, the CBDC token, super proud of it. I hope you don't mind me shilling just a little bit and hoping, no, no. That, hoping that we can increase like our holder count over the course of this week. So if you guys want to participate, uh, by adding that content, I'd love to send you some tokens. Uh, we have a whole program that you can use the tokens. You can't write more than just taking them to Uniswap and trading them in for cash. There's going to be all kinds of other programs that you can burn and use the tokens for internally, including help lead the organization. So I hope everybody will participate. And Tor, I'll get with you offline. I knew you were busy yeah, yeah, with yeah. PC and stuff. I have, but... I have to get, I have to get uh, at a, to a meeting uh, for my um, for the AI thing. I've been slacking on my Slack channel uh, for that stuff, uh, so I'm there with you. I just, I just thought, you know, it would be interesting to see, you know, what comes out of this because starting tomorrow, since Congress is closed today for Yom Kippur, um, starting tomorrow, we've got the Hunter Biden stuff coming, and see now. I'm going to say something and, you know, when anyone hears it, hears it, you know, when people are in mourning, we're not allowed to talk about it, right? Like if someone loses their son, right, you shouldn't be invoking the dead son's name. You shouldn't be talking. <laughs> Boy, if, you know, they die of a broken heart, then you just need to stop asking questions altogether. That's a scenario that's extremely plausible right now. 
that I want people to be very aware of. Emotions. I I'm, I'm just, I I don't I don't have any feeling like when see the people that I just said subhanallah this really happen. I'm just, I'm... Okay, that was random, so I just removed them. So, I want everyone to understand the scenario. If for whatever reason Hunter like Epstein you know, well, Barr's not in office, so there's someone else now to cut deals, right? If for some reason, you know, Hunter disappears or something happens to him, Congress will be stymied from being able to discuss the laptop. If Joe Biden then has a broken heart and dies from it or must retire because his heart is so broken, we must stop talking about the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop. I want everyone to be aware of this possibility of pandering to emotions and mourning etiquette because you can't attack them when they're mourning, right? And so this is a very, very slim line because the Democrats have something planned for November that we will not expect. And through a conversation that I had this morning by happenstance here in D.C., I can say it's looking like a very good reality. So for those that are interested in the Hunter Biden laptop, let the motions go, you know, allow, watch, chime in, have discussions. And I'll circle back to my first thing. Forget about the hookers and the Parmesan. Focus on the things that your government officials did. I have written about a gentleman by the name of Muldoon that's in that laptop that was ushering documents between American embassies on behalf of Hunter Biden's company that then was promoted to State Department. That's crime one. Using our federal tax dollars to enrich his son's businesses. That's chime two. These are actionable items, not just for impeachment of Biden as vice president and president, but also the president that oversaw these things. These are really important times and what a time to be alive. And I want everyone to understand that in November, they have something up their sleeve to mitigate what is to come. And it is very important that we are extremely vocal on our local level. But the only way that we can actually be heard is by pounding that these machines need to go. And the logic of it is, look, we don't need technology in this. We don't need, we don't reinvent the wheel for a reason. Um, if there's nothing to hide, then we should just get rid of them, point blank. We should be lobbying our Senate and our Congress to you know, nix the HAVA Act completely. We should just go to pen and paper or back to the, you know, pull vote machines, right? We should be focusing on that as a people while everything else is happening on the sidelines. I just wanted to point that out before I end today. Keep an eye on Georgia because that's going to be a big boomerang. We already knew because Kemp had come out and already told us that DHS was in the machines in 2016. He already told us that it's a violation of the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. He already told us all these things in 2016. We're just not paying attention because we're focusing on way too many things. As a people, we should be focusing on the elections. That's the first thing we should be focusing on is getting rid of these machines. Hey, you have nothing to hide, so let's get rid of them. Oh, but let's get rid of them. There is no but. Aren't we supposed to have accuracy? Let's do it that way. We're not saying don't have elections. We're saying we don't want the machine. We don't need DHS. We don't need to be spending millions of dollars every fucking election cycle to bring people in and have people 
just standing there while other people are conducting our elections. The Constitution says that we conduct our own elections. Why aren't we doing it? Why is the federal government doing it? These are the things that we as a people should be focusing on. The Hunter Biden stuff is going to be entertaining. And it could be kind of, as I said, it could be a problem. So President Trump is on now, so I would urge everyone to have a gander at what he has to say. I appreciate your time with me today. And um, uh, I look forward to reporting to you guys at some point this week of uh, things that have been happening in D.C. And um, I look forward to going home, too. On that note, God bless every single one of you. And remember, without elections, we have no voice. And that's the only thing we should be focusing on in any conversation we have with the left should always start with that. If you don't think the elections are rigged, but I do, don't I have the right to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be using these things? Make it sound common sense and see how they respond. When they can't respond, that's when they agree with you. And we should be honing in on that. Focus on the machines, getting rid of the machines. That's all we have to do as a people. The more we push on that, the more they lose on that. And the more they see we're serious about holding them accountable. Um, God bless. And Dustin, I can't wait to come on and, and we need to have a chat about your, your coin stuff. I'm interested, very interested. God bless everyone. See you guys soon. Don't forget to listen to President Trump. <laughs>